death. It comes to us all. It's important to spend our time wisely in the places that feed your soul with the people that heal your heart. Or you could spend your time listening to The Big Damn Cast, a pop culture podcast hosted by Matt Watson and Chris Johnson with their ever-present silent partner, the existential horror of your own mortality. Big Damn Cast, available on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud every Thursday. Well, hello there and welcome to another Out of the Broom Cupboard. I'm Chris Johnson, TV presenter, actor, voiceover man and general roustabout. This week's episode is very, very special for numerous reasons. One, the guest is the wonderful Shannon Flynn. She's an actor, she's a TV presenter, she's a star of stage and screen. She's also trained to be a counsellor and is looking into the care of mental health for people working within our profession, which, when you hear about it later on in the podcast makes so much sense and like if we could all chip in and help fund her that would be amazing she's not got like a fun thing going i just think we should do it anyway it's just all get together chucking a quid we can buy her a desk at least uh speaking of support if you do want to support the show patreon.com slash ootbc every penny really does help the production of this thing continue and i'm very grateful for it because we nearly lost the show this week the other reason this is a special episode is because my old laptop a 2000 and 12 release macbook pro conked out after the recent update nearly completely corrupting everything now i always back up the show of course onto a time machine and onto an external hard drive but it meant the production was halted for about a week luckily my best friend and co-host of the podcast big damn cast which is available on itunes and spotify matt watson stepped in to help render an mp3 version of the main interview so that regardless of what happened i could edit this episode together and not just be left with thousands of audacity files and code i was quite fortunate that i was able to put aside and and buy a new laptop uh this week which um i never thought i'd be able to do but i managed to make it happen and wiped the old one the old one now wiped and completely free of everything that corrupted it is functioning fine if you run one program on it and so as it turns out i have a laptop to do my video editing my writing my work and all my business on and a separate older laptop just to record out of the broom cupboard it's a portable recording studio so this is the first episode edited by the defiler the corrupt computer that nearly destroyed the show my dog's not happy about it as you can tell it's all right Minnie. it's okay everything is fine the episode is about to play hope you enjoy and uh you'll hear me at the end for all the credits and all that nonsense is either in London or uh, is, is, a, is a puppet man. Yeah. So I was like, do it in my puppet thing. <laughs> okay, I guess. You do Phil's at his, yeah. We recorded Phil's episode and he's got a, um, a workshop like yeah, in his back yeah, garden, yeah. like a converted yeah. shed and it, it's, it is just a room mm. full of... Fa- it's the, put it this way, cheaper than Iron Studio because mm. it's soundproofed. Amazing. Because not, not, he's not done that. It's oh. just there's that many felt boxes oh, and, and right. things like that surrounding the walls. So it basically is like that. It was amazing. It was incredible. And, but also scary. You know, people go to galleries and they talk about how, you know, the eyes follow you around the room. Oh, there's loads of puppets in there. So many puppets. It, 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 I feel like they're nice puppets, though. It's not like... They are. It's like Goosebumps, is it? like? <laughs> well, oh, right. I'll show you. There's this video I'll show you after we're done because... Um, <laughs> 
He's got a ventriloquist doll called Cliffer, which I've used for a horror short before, for, right. a, for a horror comedy oh. short and stuff. And it was purposely made to look terrifying. Mm-hmm. So it's got like evil brow and, and sort of creepy little red lips. Yeah. And it's really scary. And that is currently in his attic. Oh my, no, I can't. <laughs> I, I had my first ever nightmare as a kid from that episode of Goosebumps, Night of the Living Dummy. Slappy was your first yeah. like proper nightmare. My sister had it on video oh she, and God. she had all the books, all the Goosebump books. Like she loved all that. But I was, there's like seven years between me and my middle sister. So it's a significant amount of time. So yeah. she was kind of into all that. And then there was like stuff lying around. And I think she, either she was watching it or maybe I'd put the video in one day. I can't remember how old I was. But I remember my first ever nightmare was because of watching slappy. that video. Like, uh, the fear. So now I'm like, I find eventually because I'm just really weird. Like, I just can't... I can't get my head around it. Why they decided that was the look, I'll never understand. You know, like, 150 years ago or whatever, when they oh. first were like, this is what these things are going to look yeah. like. But They'll look like people. But do you not think that ventriloquist dummies always play... The villain. Oh yeah, they're like always. clowns. They've sort of been always. Um, yeah, what we like, need. How to... am I supposed to laugh at this and enjoy it? Because I'm literally like <laughs> terrified. petrified. Yeah. Well, that's why you get people now doing like uh, uh, Jeff Dunham and all them. They do like the the ones that look like Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which feels wrong to me. That that they're doing the, the skeleton one. He's uh, yeah, Ahmed. Yeah, yeah, that's and, it. And he's yeah, got the yeah, old yeah. man and stuff. Yeah. Nina Conti's got one that's just a little monkey puppet. That's just this tiny yeah, little thing. Yeah. I always find that weird. There's got to be a happy medium. Yeah, something I mean, not the like old, wooden, old school but... dummy, but yeah, maybe something different. God, yeah, I'm just not, just not a fan. <laughs> and then they put the the villain in the new Toy Story film was. Oh yeah, she was she was like a little pull string doll. Yeah, and then, and then she, she had, had those the dummies. ventriloquist dummies that were Be- like uh, Benson. henchmen. Oh god, and I was I was like we went to see it with um, my boyfriend and his little sister, and. Honest to God, watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is so scary. And I'm like Weird. looking at his little sister, who's like 10. And she's like, ha ha, like laughing. I'm like, yeah, it's really funny. You don't know I'm fear. I'm definitely not really freaked out right now. These things are horrifying. Yeah. Do you know what else is horrifying? What? Podcast sneakily already starting before you realise it. Welcome everybody to oh. Out of the Broom Cupboard. Uh, this week, we're just going to be talking about Mitchell the Crystals. Shannon's deepest, darkest fears. Why they're weird. You're not alone. There was a Power Rangers um, movie called Turbo that came out when I was younger and mm. the VHS because it was Fox Kids remember Fox Kids bloody hell the I, VHS I do not see there I'm you so go sorry there you go so that the is age, um, the age gap thank you for making me feel old at 28 <laughs> cheers um, but the, the, it had a Goosebumps ad at the start oh really and the first thing that came on screen was like this haunted house and then Slappy popped into frame nope. and I, I learned it was one of the first like sort of skills the first party tricks I ever learned yeah. in my life as a human on this earth was to be able to fast forward that without it being on screen mm. to the exact point that the advert finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just was like, put the tape in, fast forward, don't yeah, look, don't look, don't look, look, play. The movie started. Fine, okay. Do you know what, though? <laughs> Those kind of adverts, I say this now, I think, I feel like I tweeted about it not long ago. About, do you know, so, like, when you're watching, like, Family Guy, for example, at night on, like, ITV2, yeah. whatever, and it comes on at, like, 10 o'clock, and it's, like, back-to-back Family Guy and American Dad. I watch that before I go to bed, because mm. I like to just have a bit of, like, something on in the background whilst I'm, like, dozing off. That was my BBC3 in my late teens, early yeah, 20s, same yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. just, like, I was going to leave, leave American Dad on in the background. But then, <laughs> in between, like, the show, or in between shows, they play 
horror film yeah. trailers. And I'm like, I don't need that. The reason I've got this on in the first place is because I'm trying to relax and I'm trying to just have like a bit of background noise, like a bit of funny stewie or whatever. And I want to lull minute, myself to sleep to the oh sounds of quagmire inappropriately harassing people. <laughs> yes. That's what I need, you know? That sends me off straight away. <laughs> and then they play the horror film trailer and I'm like, why are you doing this to me, ITV2? Like... You've you've lost a friend. You lost a friend tonight. <laughs> I was watching it the night, and it was it was the um, what do you call it? They, they've got those uh, is it Uber Eats or Deliveroo ads? The mm. McDelivery, and one of them is a horror film. Oh yeah. And I was watching, it going, this is intense. And then that happened. I was like, oh, it's a sponsor. Oh, okay. All right, okay. <laughs> Feel slightly less freaked out now. Um. Anyway, we're off on a tangent. We are. But I'll As be always. I'll be honest. I think we should just change the topic of the episode to like inappropriate advertisements yeah. and and. Killer dolls. Yeah, no, I hate, I hate that. You, you must be. I mean, I hate to bring it. You must be slightly unnerved in this room, considering there's quite a few sort of weird horror things just lurking. Yeah, but do you know what? I love a horror film. I really ah, like horror it's, films. It's timing. It's timing. Yeah, but it's just that when I'm on my own at night and I'm like not in the mood for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, fair I, I love a horror film. But I've got to watch it in the day, and I have to watch it with like somebody else. It's like me and my mum are really into horror films, so we'll uh, watch right, one okay. together. Yeah. And then I like watching it in the day because I can kind of laugh at some of the bits because some, you know, horror films are so ridiculous sometimes. Like I'm watching the new series of American Horror Story at the minute. What are we on now? Like season 400. Oh God. Yeah. It's, I don't even know, but it's about. (laughs) Apocalypse. Is that what it's called? No, that was the last one. Oh, that was the Trump one. Um, no, that was the one before. That was called. Then it was Apocalypse. Okay. It's lost. It's already lost. There's so many. There's so many. (laughs) It's lost me. But this, this one is, it's like set in the eighties. I think it's I think it's even called like nineteen eighties, I don't know, but it's basically set at a summer camp in America. Um, right, okay. In the eighties, so it's all like tight shorts and they're all doing like they're all wearing leotards the and like, got mad perms. <laughs> yeah, but it's like cringy like eighties slasher film. Oh right, so they've got like, Jason sort of route. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And it is I think it is based on an actual real life serial killer. Bloody which hell. is a bit intense. But it, it's like done in a really like cheesy way. There's quite a lot of comedy in this series. Um, so it's and I think it kind of takes the mick a little bit out of you know like when you think of um, what is it called now Scream yes um, the Scream film and I'm only basing this I don't think I've even seen Scream but I've seen the scary movie version yeah. of it it's like Psycho like even if you've not seen it cultural osmosis you kind yeah. of like I think I've seen it I think I've seen I it I must have seen it I know enough of it yeah and yeah. You know, and, and there's always like oh, there's always like a shower scene like the girl <laughs> in it is always she's always got massive boobs and she's in the shower and she's really vulnerable I'm and completely she's washing unfamiliar her hair. with these scenes and I've never spent time with them in my life of course you haven't definitely didn't re- rewind that one <laughs> So there's always like those kind of scenes, isn't there? Where it's like some some like really fit blonde girl like having a shower, or she answers the phone, or it's oh something's going. I heard a noise in the cellar. I'm gonna go down the cellar with no lights on and a really dodgy torch. It's just wearing like, just it's, a towel. Yeah, 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 and she, like barefoot, or she's just like in in her underwear. Do you know like really cringe? And you <laughs> is, know like is this series just? Full of that sort totally, of stuff. Totally, but I, lo- I do love it because it really makes me laugh. I mean, you've just... I'm, I'm watching now. Well, it's like... A, me, me, for, for research. For research, obviously. Yeah. But me and my mum just like laugh at it. Like, <laughs> in real life, if I heard a noise in the cellar, I would be, I'd be... The house would be up for sale. I would be packing my bags. I'd be round at somebody else's house straight away. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm all on my own in the dark and all the power's gone. I'm going to head down the cellar and see what it is. Like, no. This is why I keep boots, a heavy coat and a flare gun next to me at all times. Legit. 
But I would not be the first to die in a horror film, let me tell you that. I'd be like pushing the other girls in, down into the cell, like, you check it out, Cindy. What is that? Good question. Why don't you go find out? I'll be yeah. up here phoning the police yeah. from down the road. I'll be up here running away. Good day to you. Yeah. But it is good. You should watch it. Would you ever do a horror film if you got the chance? Would love. It used to be when people would ask me. Yeah. What is the one thing that you'd really love to do? I'd love to do a horror film. Would be awesome. But I don't. I wouldn't be cast as the bussy blonde. I'd be cast as like, I'd, I'll, the girl I'll in the girl in the ring. All oh, right, like, the one who's just like, no, seriously, why is this happening? This is weird. I'm gonna mess with it. I'm gonna fight back. Well, no, not even that. I'd, oh wait, oh you mean the TV I girl? I would actually be the yeah. Right. I would actually be right, or like yeah. the orphan. Do you not think I have that look? Not really. I'm not putting tan on. I, you could definitely like pull off a part like that, but yeah. like say that right now. I'm like, no, you look rather glamorous no, right no. now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you. It's like, ah, I'm gonna get you. Oh, yeah. hi. I would love to do a horror <laughs> film. Like right now, visually, you're the least intimidating horror villain. She's like, hi, how you doing? True, but then I have got tan on. I've got my makeup on. So like when I was a kid. And I was like really you, scrawny you and little white and, and pale. flaking, and you oh. crawled out television sets all the time. All the time, I was possessed as a child. No <laughs> joking. It's still in there somewhere. Yeah. Wow. She comes out at weekends. So you don't want to be Ellen Ripley, you want to be the alien. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, I'm, if there's any, uh, anybody listening to this, I'll take any job. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not picky nowadays, but I feel like I'd probably, I wouldn't be the really like hot blonde girl. You, you, do don't, you, know want, you don't want to play the surface level part. You want to play either some creepier or something with a bit more to it. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or like you say, the badass one that's like, we're going to figure this out. I'm probably I'm if I'm in a horror film I'm probably um, the random police officer or security guard who gets yeah. killed off in some random scene. Yeah. Or I'm the fat stoner best friend of the male lead. <laughs> yeah. Who gets a comedic death? I, I'm I'm one of those two parts yeah. without doubt. But That's either way, happens. you you're dead. Either way, I'm dead and I get paid. So yeah. you know, paycheck in it. <laughs> so so true. We're doing a horror short. So it's true. decided. It's, let's do it. Well, uh, tangents aside. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Like, let's, let's sack this episode off. Um, for those who didn't listen to me talking about it in the intro, I'm sat down with the lovely Shannon Flynn, who is an actor, television presenter, uh, and just an all-around good egg, ultimately. Oh, uh, and possessed as a child, Possessed as a child. Uh, we, our connection for those who are like, oh my god, why do you two seem rather... I can't recognise you two chatting to each other. It's because our time working together was on and off in the CBBC office on mm-hmm. presentation. Uh, but most notably, we did like a year and a half together, I think. Yeah. On Shout Out Saturday. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the sort of the, 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 the I guess it would be the, the soft core reboot of Saturday morning television yeah. before they found money. Yes. And we're like, let's spend more money on it. <laughs> yeah. um, we were like, oh, cheers, guys. Um, do you remember, though, we tried at one point to be like, sod it, let's just, we're just going to do whatever. We got really casual about it because we sort yeah. of realised we were a bit of a holdover in terms of a slot. Yeah. So we went, sod it, we're just going to do it like it was a casual radio show. Yeah. And muck around and do weird stuff like just barely go off script which now at yeah. CBC Press as of this recorded mm-hmm. they do that more now oh do they they use that template they sort of just have like notes for a script no way some links are scripted but only if there's like an element or or a new send in things like that right now it's more kind of like here's a bit of this here's a bit of this here's a bit of this oh, do what you want with it just kind of flow with it so what I'm oh. saying is that's our fault slash uh, our idea slash you're welcome so we'll have some cash guys <laughs> take <laughs> yeah. to that cash wiring should have trademarked it um, but, yeah, but you, 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 your history performance goes way, 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 way back. And yes. you are the first person on this podcast in the year of our Lord 2019 <laughs> who is an actor, first and foremost. 
That is yeah. your. That is the beginning of your. That feels quite impressive, doesn't it? I don't if, feel very impressive, but d- don't be it. don't be daft. The other ones are putting their hands in talking dog bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> when's Katie doing that? <laughs> putting her hands in a talk. I'm not even. Yeah, no, 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 incriminator. Um, but no, but but it's true because like you know, um, Ian and Ed started out stand up comedians. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Katie started out in radio journalism and yes. broadcasting, working film puppeteers. It's sort of the road less travel when it comes to kids TV mm-hmm. is getting into the presenting stuff specifically from a, a, a well, performance background sort of, but an acting background. Yeah. It, it seems like the, the less common um, entry point for a lot of people. Yeah, really yeah. Uh, unless obviously it's within the dramas. Now, your presenting career kind of came around whilst you were acting and everything. Yes. And live TV stuff sort of came about as a result of the stuff that then led on from there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not interested in that. Oh. Yet, oh, what okay. I am interested okay. in is where did you start performing and when? Gosh, well, this is quite <laughs> the rewind, really, because I'm I'm not that old. But in 1942, <laughs> in the Second World War, um, no, kind of, I've been di- well, I've been working professionally in the industry since I was ten. That's when I f- had my first ever professional like paid job, um, or ten, 10 or eleven, that kind of age. Um, so yes, I kind of I, I've been doing it for oh God, my maths is literally terrible. But like thirteen years basically yeah. now, which is quite a long time, really. I've been doing it for m- more than half of my life. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was kind of I never wanted to do it. So and sometimes like when you when you hear I do hear people or when I read you know interviews in magazines or like when people on the Graham Norton show and they're like. You know, so, you know, did you always want to do this? And they're like, yeah, ever since I was like three years old, I wanted to be a radio presenter. I came, out, I w- the, I came out the womb with jazz hands. Totally. But I was never, I was just never a, that It's a nightmarish labour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine it. Um, but yeah, it was like, I, that was never sort of like the dream. I wanted to work at McDonald's. Like genuinely, when I was like four, I was like, I thought that McDonald's was a farm. Like I, it was Old McDonald's Farm. I oh did my put gosh. two and two together and was like, oh, I want to work on Old McDonald's Farm. And on that farm, they had I a clown. Cla- yes. <laughs> and a purple man yeah. and a burglar. Bur- yeah, all of those. <laughs> all of those popular farm All of animals. those things. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of want, I wanted to do that, which is a bit sad, really, isn't it? But <laughs> not, not at all. I think that, I think if anything, that's entrepreneurial. Isn't like, it? as a child, you're like, that's a business. Yeah. McDonald, he has a farm. I want to I want to do that. that. I want to yeah. do that and I'll get a Happy Meal toy at the end of every week. Yeah, at four years old, I was like, mummy and daddy, I want to get steaks in McDonald's. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> but, so I kind of just wanted to do something like along those lines. And then it was kind of when I was in like year three, so I would have been about nine-ish, eight, nine. Uh, seven, eight, seven, eight. Year six is 10, 11, 9, 10, year four. Yeah, ish. Yeah. About, 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 about seven, six or seven, eight, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> mine's terrible. Um, and one of my teachers had basically said to mum and dad, you know, she's she's kind of got something there, so maybe you should take her to some sort of class and mm. get her a bit of experience. Uh, so I ended up going to just like a local um, drama class like in the Rochdale area, which is like obviously where I grew up. Um, as a confidence builder really you know kind of like going and playing games and doing like the odd little sketch or putting on a bit of a show over like the, over a workshop like yeah. over the summer like talent showcase yeah like kind of like that um and I just really enjoyed it really got into it and then the guy that was running the class in Rochdale like pulled my parents and were like you know she's kind of got something special I really think that she should pursue it so it was kind of like other people that 
pushed me towards that in a sense because they felt like that that's just like what I was naturally good at um so yeah and then the guy that was running the class was with an agent he got me an interview with his agent and was like you know she's great you should get her on the books didn't have that many kids on the books at the time had an interview with them must have sold myself all right and then they put me on the books and it kind of just went from there really then just like auditions started coming in and hit the ground running yeah and I was just really really lucky like my first well my first proper paid job was like um a promotional video type of thing or a training video for game and game station oh right okay. yeah, yeah so so it was like for in-house use like so to train up people that were going to be working at game and game station like don't sell un- age, age 18 games to underage kids so and I was their like, parents instead yeah. while the kids are clearly or I'm like the underage kid that's like <laughs> can I get Call of Duty please and they're like no you can't so that was like my first paid job and then my second that was probably like like a big thing for me was I got um, a part in Macbeth at the Royal Exchange Theatre. Okay, there's a there's a degree of separation yeah, between yeah. can I please buy Grand Theft Auto yeah. and like freaking Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. So Blimey! Me. So, so how old are you? How old are you at the Royal Exchange? Then that's twelve. Twelve. Bloody hell! What, uh, what part was it? Ensemble or was it? Uh... No, no. So it was one of the witches. Um, Damn! Yeah. Okay, right. So the production... Wait, was this... Okay, was it an all-youth production? Or no. was it one where the witches were younger? The wi- Yeah, the witches were sisters. I've, I have heard about that. I've heard about that at some point. Yeah. Oh my God, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, I'd heard that once. That the, like, because the, the weird, weird... I would say the weird sisters, because Terry Pratchett yes. sort of adapts them into characters. In yeah, this yeah, world. yeah. But like, I'd heard about there was a production where it was like very young actors in that role. Yeah, so it was... Um... Oh, in fact, the RSC's version last year adopted that too. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the one where Chris Eccleston was um, playing the old what's we call it Macbeth Macbeth that's the one yeah. Scottish play yeah 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 <laughs> oh god no <laughs> you can say it here I used to say it all the time to be fair it's probably not a good idea but no but I'd heard I'd heard about that long before I'd, I'd seen that version yeah. and I was like oh so it was probably the Royal Exchange one then possibly bloody hell the, the guy that directed it was called Martin Dunst or Martin Dunster I think it might be the latter I can't actually remember that many years Marty, ago Marty D Marty D, yeah. Oh, Marty D. Oh, Marty D. He directed it and he wanted it to be set. So it was set in like a war-torn Scotland, but it was set like modern day. Um, right, but okay, it was, yeah. But the script was traditional Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, so all of the all the lines were the original play, like it wasn't adapted. Uh, as verbatim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but set in modern day. So basically, the three witches were three weird sisters and it was basically so like it was actually quite harrowing really to think about it like I never saw it because I was in it yeah. I didn't have chance funny how that happens isn't yeah it? <laughs> never mind <laughs> never got round to it um so we were in the first scene it's like me as the youngest sister then my middle sister and my eldest sister in a bedroom in a kid's bedroom and it's mm-hmm. got bunk beds a rug we're watching like CBeebies on the tv mm-hmm. she's plaiting my hair the other one's like filing the nails or whatever and we're just like, we're like typical sisters just hanging out in a bedroom. And we're on stage as the audience come in. Mm-hmm. We're already there. So it's like, oh God, everyone's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Because yeah. normally, obviously, you come in, take your seat, then the lights go down, then the show starts. But yeah. we were already like acting. And as... even then they're going, Where, where's a cauldron? Like, what's going yeah, on? Totally. Is, this, is this how we're starting? This isn't, this isn't in the thing. Yeah. Is this a short? Yeah. <laughs> is it a Pixar short? But I think it drags you in though because you, mm. you're not expecting it. And then, so we're, we're all hanging out. And then I think there might have been like a few lines at the start, possibly. And then all of a sudden, 
two soldiers burst through the door. Mm. Um, and basically, the two soldiers, two Scottish soldiers, kind of burst into the room and kind of attack us, really. And, you know, the elder sister's kind of assaulted by one of the soldiers and we all get dragged out. I'm thrown over a, a shoulder soldier soldier's shoulder that's quite the tongue twister isn't it (laughs) over a soldier's shoulder um and i'm like screaming crying it's Mm. like it's really emotional a lot of people walked out after the first scene because they were like i can't even i can't sit here and sit through this if that's it sets the tone really for the rest of the show but i mean two minutes yeah But do you know what? It was fantastic. Like, I would love to do that production, that exact production again, but, like, play one of maybe the older sisters. Yeah. And talk about Baptism by Fire as well for, like, welcome to Shakespeare. Yeah. And we're going to get pretty harrowing here. Like, we're going to be pretty shocking from the off. Yeah. How did how did 12-year-old Shannon kind of process that? Like, did, did she, she sort of thought... get the weight of it as much? Or was it more how it was, how it was you know, how it was painted for? Like, here's, here's what we need. Here's what this means. Yeah. Well, I think I've, I've always kind of... I've been an old head on um, young shoulders my entire life. Like, I've always been like that anyway. So I think I did have a really good understanding of actually what it was about. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... I, I don't remember ever thinking, oh, God, that's a bit much. I think I was kind of like, it's a show. I get that it's a show. Mm. It's part of it. You know, it's not real. We're telling a story. Yeah, totally. Um, Probably, like, horror films so much can make that well, slight but, Yeah, possibly. Mm. Or maybe I'm just a bit of a weirdo. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I just absolutely loved it. And, and getting to do Shakespeare at such a young age. And I think a lot of people then do say to me, oh, like, was it a youth production? And I'm like, no, it was a legitimate, like, it was an adult production. And it was changed, but yeah. Yeah, there were a couple of young actors in it. So, like, I was one of them, and also, because of licensing, two of the girls played the same part as me. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, so I could go to school and, like, actually learn something on the side as well as doing that. Um, and there were also two young boys that played... It's called Macduff, isn't he? Mm. Um, Macduff's son. And it's actually... Claim to fame now. Um, <laughs> Tom Glyn Whitehead, he was called. Yeah. He's actually called Tom Glyn Kearney now, which is his new stage name. Um, he was in Dunkirk. Right. So, like... It, it's This is the beginnings for a lot of people in terms of the journeys they're going to Yeah, yeah. And... But, yeah, so, like, and me and him um, got chosen to do the press night. Nice. So that was, like... Nice. You know, to say, like, you know, we, we want you to be the one that does you, the performance You guys the, the ones who are going to make the impression. Yeah, for so... The, for the broadsheets and everything that are now going to tell people to come and see this yeah so that felt quite exciting i think that was like a bit of an achievement i sense at a a young age it was like oh i get to do press night so they must think i'm all right it's like stand aside everyone (laughs) just suddenly turned to a very camp sort of like theatrical gentleman in his late 60s everyone move aside (laughs) this is my scene it's like shadow we're in the middle of it yeah what are you doing but it was great i mean fussy fussy marshall graham (laughs) um just turned to the birdcage then for a second (laughs) so that's so theater is is the beginning and, yeah, and, 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 and the game commercial, which <laughs> I, I, I'm sure will exist on the yeah. internet somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. I'm so it? curious. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. People don't look it up. I'll do it. So, <laughs> does theatre continue on after that? Is theatre where where you your your love and profession remains for a while, or does TV come calling soon after? Yeah, TV pretty much was straight after that because mm. kind of whilst I was in Macbeth, I 
got offered, well, I got, I got the call for the audition for Waterloo Road and Jason Doan, who was in Waterloo Road, who played Tom, the te- one of the teachers, he was in Macbeth with me at the time um, and I went for the audition and actually Michelle Smith, who was casting it, she came to see the show and right. she saw me in it. Oh, so Macbeth opened the door then... Well, I think it definitely helped, yeah, because yeah. I had the audition and then also I think she'd, she'd no, there said is, I've There seen is no better audition really than someone just seeing you doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, oh, they're really good. Yeah, proof that you can do it. It's like, because then all you've really got to prove is like, okay, let's see if they match the thing we're looking at them for. Totally, yeah. The, the, the bona fides are there. Mm-hmm. So, so to yeah. To impress somebody at the age of 12 for them to be like, yep. Yeah, Let's let's have a, let's get the conversation going. Well, yeah. Damn. And so I, I got Damn. got the call for the audition, um, went to that, and I mean, so Watley Road was filmed in Rochdale, mm-hmm. which was like it was my favourite program because nothing happens in Rochdale. Like it's literally like the deadest town. It's like voted the worst place to live in England like three times in a row. <laughs> so you can imagine, obviously. The whole of Rochdale watched Waterloo Road, and it was a great show anyway. But it was massive in Rochdale. That sense of pride because it was like, totally. oh my god! The same way, like you know, Russell T Davies's program sort of gave Manchester this extra boost of sort of like you know, yeah, look at us, we're great. And I think yeah. you, I think you do. I think you know if they were doing a program of around, or it's shot round near where you live, you do want to watch it because you're like, oh, yeah. there's that pub, or there's that road, or such a body used to live on there. Do you know that kind of thing? I so. can't remember if I liked uh, Will Miller's show, uh, White Van Man. I can't remember if I liked it at all. I just remember going, oh, Monton. Oh, Eccles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, that, oh, that's around the corner of Mills. See what you do, don't yeah. you? I think you do do that. So it was like... Car share. Yeah. I spent most of the time watching any car like, shares looking out the windows going, where are they? Where, where are, are they? they? <laughs> yeah, so we used to do that with Bottle Road, but it was like, I used to watch, I watched it right from the start and absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great show. And then to get the call for the audition, I was just thrilled to go to the audition because I was like, it's Bottle Road, like, this is amazing. And then I remember... Don't have to practice the accent. Yeah, exactly. I'm already there. It's me. <laughs> I am I am Wattley Road. Um, so then I went to the audition and I think I might, I think I might have even had a call back potentially, but then it was, it was this my first real sort of TV audition, so yeah. I wasn't expecting anything to come of it. I was just thinking, it's great to go. You know, you get dead excited like your first audition. Going to learn from the off. Yeah. Like, I now know what it's like. Totally. I can do it again and, yeah. You know, and your mum's like saying to you, you know, oh, you don't don't get too, don't get your hopes up too much just in case because you never know. And then I remember being in the car with my mum driving back from probably school or something and I got the call to say that I'd been offered it and I literally screamed in the car because I was like, this is the best day of my life. Because I just loved Watley Road. I was like, this is like, literally like a dream come true for me. And I was, you know, 12, 13 at the time. I must have been 12. I was, I was only in year, end of year seven, like start of year eight yeah. when, I, when I got it. I think I might have done it, filmed it the summer of, mm, like going yeah. into year eight. So I was like 12. It was massive. It was massive for me at the time. So I was buzzing, obviously. I was like, this is like, my life has begun. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. I'm travelling down the road. Waterloo yeah, what, Water oh, Road is like, yeah. oh. oh, there's so many puns but yeah um, <laughs> yeah I was just absolutely thrilled you can sing Abra if you want to get it so uh, what was the name of the part you played Emily James Emily she was James. called originally oh. which somebody reminded me of the other day because I get tagged in stuff with Waterloo Road all the time check the Waterloo Road wiki well it's been put on BBC iPlayer just so now I'm getting oh, like the, loads the back seasons and everything yeah oh, okay. just recently so I'm getting loads I'm getting tagged in loads of things on Instagram and stuff um, I think she was called, originally she was going to be called Emily Hughes, okay. I think. 
but then they changed it to James, which I'm not, I'm not sure why. Oh, it's one of those where, like, in an episode she's named, and then later they go, actually, we're going to shift it a little bit and change the name. No, I, I don't know if it ever went out as Emily Hughes. It was just, like, on all my first scripts, maybe it said that, oh, and then they were right. like, we're changing the name to Emily James. Yeah. So it just never sat right with you after that, because you're sort of like, I'm sure it's Hughes. I'm sure it's Hughes. What? 12-year-old me committed to learning this. <laughs> yeah. She feels like a Hughes. <laughs> like... I just look at the character and I'm, I think, Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> and nothing else. Don't tell me something else. But I had forgotten about that until somebody reminded me of it. I was like, oh yeah, I did forget. Do the lines blur between um, 12-year-old performer and 12-year-old character like easier, do you think, as a kid? Because I know, I know when I think about roles and stuff now, I always there's always a moment where I overthink a bit. Mm. Um, and so I'll go, right, well, calm down. Like, start with the basics. If you're going to approach it, do this, that, and the other. But mm-hmm. I suppose... As as a kid, you've you've not like developed your technical analysis as much as you would do, say later on. Yeah. Do you rely more on just like being who you are uh, to bringing that to the character, or were you sort of being a bit more more methodical and being like, right, so she's going to be like this, and she's going to. Do you know that. what? I'm just going to sound like I have no idea what I'm doing, but genuinely, I've always just gone with whatever felt right. That like, does not. That does not sound like you got no idea what you're doing at all. That just sounds like you're. But not, you know, like when people you're not being awkward, like Christian Bell. Well, yeah, but you know, like when you hear about people being really method and like really get into the role. Yeah. I think, well, particularly sort of with some of the, the roles that I've done, they all tend to have a similar sort of feel, mm-hmm. and they don't feel that far from me. I mean, they're not me; they are different. You, but... you can find you can find an easy through road to be like. Totally. I'm I'm like them like this. Yeah. And I'm not like them like this, but I can see why they're like that. Yeah. Because I've thought that once, or I've done this, so boom, there we go. At 12, starting then, you don't overthink it. It's like, I'm thrilled to be in it, here's my lines, I've learnt them, and I'm going to pitch them how I pitch them, and then if the director gives me any advice, or wants it slightly differently, or, you know, a bit of direction from the director, then I'll follow that, but I definitely don't ever remember sort of looking at the script and being like, and what's Emily's motive? Like, where does this sit with her? Where does it come from? Can I have it, notes for the next uh, next four weeks worth, please? I just want to know where her arc is going in its yeah. entirety so I can <laughs> mentally trick the audience into one thing and, and then take them on a different journey. From? Yeah, it was like, yeah, but, well, well, she actually came from... Well, pride. She Ooh. came from a posh school. Her, her first storyline was that her and her sister had... It was a merge. They were doing a big merge between a really like a posh private school oh and Waterloo Road. It was around that time they were starting to push schools together and for yeah. saving stuff and and that was like the big storyline. Were starting to creep into high schools around yeah. that time. Yeah, of course. Bloody hell. So yeah, back I'd... in my day, it was just high school. <laughs> One school didn't have middle school. Hundred pupils in each year. Didn't know they were born. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> so I suppose like yeah, translating ex- life experiences is. is again, you're just sort of going with the flow by the sound of it. You're like, yep, sure, this is the character, I'll play the character however I do, I'll take the guidance, I'll be directed. Yeah. And this, that, and the other. Um, there's always a, a common thing with a lot of actors is, uh, I definitely got this when I was in college, uh, you sort of get told by casting directors or, or tutors, teachers and stuff, like, there's, there's two sorts of categories mm. for an actor. Yeah. You're either, and not, not necessarily in the strictest sense, but like, you are either a lead... Mm-hmm. or you're a character actor. And I remember hearing that and thinking, that is incredibly limiting. Why would you lump it into that directly? Right. 
and by lead they sort of did not necessarily mean like you know the main part or like in those parameters but sort of a more naturalistic kind of approach or mm. more natural characters and character actors where it gets a bit more odd you start to dip into genre stuff or, or you start to play the more kind of seedy people within society and yeah. things like that uh was 12 year old you like okay i'm playing sort of you know i'm playing a very relatable person i can understand yeah um i want to play something different and weird as well did you ever get the desire young earlier on or i think probably not as a kid just because because I, I i know from working with you like you are always up for doing weirder stuff and, and yeah. experimenting and playing against type but like as a kid does that cross your mind no, probably not. I think maybe at a really young age, I kind of just wasn't bothered at all about what kind of parts that I would be going for. And then you kind of just, because of what I look like, you tend to go for You always end up getting sent for a particular type of character. Mm. So I was young, small, petite, you know, dark hair, blue eyes, that kind of thing. I think your look dictates a lot of the parts that you're going to go for anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I was younger, I don't, don't think I really thought about it. And then when I got a little bit older, it became a bit more about, oh, I don't really like what I look like. And it was kind of the insecurities kicked in, going through puberty and being like, you know, I just want to play pretty characters. I want to play people that have nice makeup and nice hair. And I remember doing Doctors when I was about 14 and I had like really horrible blonde highlights that I don't know how, like why I let the hairdresser do that to me. I have no idea. And like actually paid him and let him walk out the house it was horrific. You were his canvas. Yeah, but he... Yeah. It, it, literally, this guy told me that I couldn't have proper blonde highlights because of my car flicks, like the front of my hair. Yeah, so my parting like, goes up. can't have a highlight. Just yeah, to, muggy, because it's not true. I've got blonde highlights now. Idiot. So anyway... What that says is, you weren't a great hairdresser, ultimately. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> and he... and my hair, Basically, the point of that is that my hair just didn't look nice at all. Um, you know, I'm 14. I'm really self-conscious. I'm really struggling with all of that. Like, you know being like a, a late developer as well like all my friends were like you know all had boyfriends and stuff and I just wasn't doing that like I was really focusing on the acting yeah like your passion your passions and focus yeah. was in a completely different place yeah. I think you do get in your own head about stuff so basically like I was at this I forgot this part in doctors and they dressed me oh god it's horrendous it was so it's really low budget mm. doctors and it was like really I don't know so it's like a, it's like a middle of the day um Sort of soap drama, medical drama series. Yeah. Um, it's not always set in a hospital. No, but it's like a lot of it was set in like at the start was sort of a GP surgery, but now they've got like they've got a police department and things like that. Mm. So it's but yeah, it's it's a bit it's a it's a daytime soap opera yeah. type of thing. So it's really tame. You know, they don't tackle a lot of like really difficult issues kind of thing. But it's it's great and it's such such it's good like fun to be to easy be a part watching. Of. Like yeah, relatively well put together. But it, it's yeah, it's it's sort of. The channels kind of designate these soaps to the middle of the day to be like, that's that's your time. Totally. That's your time, guys. And it, and it is low budget and they shoot so fast, like the turnaround is literally mm. like... They never stop, do they? They're no. Just constant. It's crazy. It's so they put me in these really horrible, like, cheap jeans. I think I had, like, really horrible cheap trainers. I think they were, like, Lonsdale. So, like, no offence to, hell. like, Phil, because I know that Phil wears <laughs> them. But I was, like, not a vibe. <laughs> like, 14-year-old Chandler's like, no, thank you. No. No, thank and you. And this, like, wrap around like, pink cardigan. And then my hair scraped back into, like, a mid-ponytail. Which, like, if you're a gal, you know it's either a high ponytail or if you've got the, the face shape, you can do a low pony. But a mid... Nobody's rocking a mid. It's not a thing. This, like, mid ponytail, 
and this horrendous outfit and not no makeup, like not filled my eyebrows in, no mascara, no face makeup. And this was before I'd kind of discovered tan or anything like that. Mm. And I remember I just came back from um, makeup and I came back to the dressing room. My dad, my dad was in there and I just burst into tears. I was like, I feel so ugly and this is going to be on TV and people are going to see it and, you know, people are going to look at me and think she's so disgusting. And I was so in my own head at that age that what was most important to me was, like, loads of makeup, nice hair, nice costume. Yeah. So I think I did really struggle at that time with kind of accepting that you're playing a character and you kind mm. of need to accept that that's... Yeah, it's it's, it's not you on display. It's the yeah. character who people are seeing. But I think I just felt yeah. really insecure about people seeing me, like, with no makeup on. And it took me a very long time to get over that. Like, even when I was at CBBC, like, when I talked to the, the makeup artist now, like, we laugh about it. Like when I was first started at CBBC, because I was only sixteen at the time. Um, when I'd come into makeup, I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, so I like a really thick base, so like really heavy foundation, and then I would have concealer, like a lot of concealer on top of that." Mm-hmm. You know, I've got really young skin at sixteen. You don't need that much makeup, but I just felt so uncomfortable, and I'd be like, "I want false lashes on," you know, "I want my hair," "I want a weave." Like it was, I was just obsessed with image. Suppose I suppose it's I mean it, it obviously that age it's quite and this is again why like you're such a, a unique case in, in the world of, of the, the stuff that we've been in yeah is because like you, you very much grew up doing that mm-hmm. and, and 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 part of that complication I suppose is like you say you had to kind of push past um, it's a character not yourself but then not too long after that Friday download starts yeah where you are yourself yeah. And was this was this your first presenting job then? Like first, like I'm hosting. Yeah, but it was the way it got offered to me at first was I, w- I did some VTs for them. Mm-hmm. So because of Walsley Road, because I was known. Of course, yeah, series one would have been series one or two. Or two, I think it yeah. was two at the time. Um, and I did See, some. I forget that there was, yeah. there was there was at least four lineups. I think wasn't there, and you were in lineup two and three. Yes. Or, yeah. 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 Um, well, I was I was the first round of replacements, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it was like okay. For those who don't know, Friday Download was sort of like a magazine slash review show. Yeah. With you know studio live live music in the studio, not yeah. live on television, um, and a different segmented stuff with a team of presenters, uh, of which you were a team, one of the team, yeah, well, two team, two teams. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. Teams. So I did I did VT the golden stuff. era, and I can say that <laughs> it was the golden was, era because I was a viewer. That was the golden era of Friday Download. <laughs> It was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was when we'd kind of, it, it had it had improved. It had improved. And like the show in general, not necessarily us as presenters, but it was like the show had kind of, it was a bit more up to date. It was a bit more well, you, you guys, I think, were definitely a, a, a more well-oiled machine as it went on too, because it became like, it was a job. Yeah. So it was like, yep, we know what we're doing now. We know how it's working. Yeah. Uh, and I guess like with the segments and everything, everyone's designated different stuff. They can vibe it. Yeah. Um, I won't, I won't ask too much about that because I know we've got a question about that specifically oh. later. So I'll I'll serve that. Okay. I'll serve our discussion. All right. But um, yeah, and and it's it's Friday Download was a very strange thing for myself because I was very involved in researching the programs we were putting out on the channel because mm-hmm. at this point I was I was presenting on the channel the weekends and holidays yeah. mm-hmm. and I always made sure whatever new show started I'd watch at least a couple of episodes so I'd familiarise myself and get into it mm-hmm. and Friday Download was at this weird transitional period where um, there was a bigger focus on viral uh, stars coming in mm-hmm. Which I have a whole bugbear, and I'm, I will probably do an entire episode on at some yeah. point of Broom Cup. Where I'm just gonna sit there and be like, right, 
here's why this doesn't work. Yeah. Um, But also there was a a bigger emphasis on bringing in much younger talent Mm. uh, to to front the shows, be it in in the dramas. Like, I remember at that point, I think Danny's house had been in Gone and then Danny's castle came around and there was definitely a focus on a younger cast. In fact, Mm. adults rarely ever appeared in that, did they? There weren't weren't any really. There was a a few guest roles that were played by adults, but... All of the main cast were, and that is when you think about it, kind of like that's big. That's big. Like, yeah, not many shows would do that. Would they just be like, oh no, our cast are mostly going to be between like the age of fourteen and maybe even younger. Yeah, they were yeah, like about ten, like ten and twenty, and mm-hmm. that's our cap. And there they are. Yeah. It's like whoa, okay. Uh, Friday Download was sort of part of that wave, and it, it was also this weird thing of as part of the viral incorporation. They were very much trying to sound like the internet when they were oh, commissioning really? new shows. I mean, the title alone, Friday Download. Download. You, yeah, so you're downloading true. the information. I never uh, even thought about which, it. Which doesn't... Uh, to, to, to what, Friday Download started, what, 2012, 2013? So cynical 22, 23-year-old No, me. it would have started earlier than that. You're right. I think the first series was broadcasting just before we moved from London. It might have been like 2010, possibly. Could have been. Oh, God. Because I did do it when I did some of the VT stuff and when we did like the, the last show of one of the series before I started, mm. we were at um, Was it TV. TV Centre? Yeah. Did you shoot there? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so it would have been 2011 then at the latest mm-hmm. or early 2012 maybe. Yeah. But I remember early 20-something me going... Try to bring the internet to point this. It doesn't make any sense. The yeah. title doesn't make any sense. Right? Yeah, oh, you're downloading. And then I watched it. I was like, no, I, I completely get what they're going for here. This makes sense. Yeah. I'm just old and cynical mm-hmm. and barely legal to drink, um, but still cynical. <laughs> yeah. Um, and jaded. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was an odd time, but I think the show the show definitely rang true with viewers. Like, it was popular. Mm-hmm. And especially when it got that proper end of Friday afternoon, like, slot, slot that, that yeah. it fit into for the majority of its runtime. Like, it did connect with the viewers. We would get an insane amount of, like, correspondence from viewers about it. People loved it. And I think it was that gateway of, these guys aren't that much older than me. Mm-hmm. I I relate to them way more than I do to the other people well, that yeah. are on it. Um, did you kind of get that when you were presenting it? Or were you more just sort of like, Oh, what am I doing now? This is this is different. I think we totally did, and that was more from sort of the social media side because we had a not a live audience with us that were mm. children. Um, but I think they had to be under fourteen. That was like the cut off age. They wanted to make sure it was like within the parameters of yes, the channels. Sort of. Totally. Yeah. But I know there were so many, you know, sort of early teens mm. um, or late teens that loved the show that were pre- that were either the same age or potentially even older than I was because mm. I was sort of I was a couple of years younger than some of them and then sort of the same age as some of the others we were all kind of within that bracket of maybe between kind of when I started at like 16 I did VTs when I was about 15 but say I think maybe I started properly on it when I was about 16 15 16 mm-hmm. and I did it until I was 18 19. So it was kind of when it, that's like the age range of all the presenters. Like we were all kind of similar age. Um, and I remember getting messages on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff about from like 19 year old girls that were like, God, I love Friday Download. And they fancy all the boys, obviously. And, and, and the, the, I mean, Jeremy, who was the producer, um, he knew what he was doing. 
You know, it was putting like young, attractive guys on that like gets all the older. Like there were a lot of older teenage girls watching it for them. It was the visual sort of like equivalent of the teen magazines from like the nineties, really. That's the sort that kind of don't exist in the same way today. But like you know, so even if they watched it, if they weren't necessarily watching it for the show, Uh, even if they didn't like the show, it was a decade, a few years ago. What's the nineties? It was a while back now. You might might not know because I was alive for some of the (laughs) nineties. Um, the good old days. You weren't there. Girl power came around the first time. You weren't there. I know. I, do you know what? I should have been. That is me all over. But... Chuckle Vision was on all the time. I, lo- I love Chuckle Vision. That was my era. It was my era. We never got to present into it. I always regret that. Yeah, fuming about that. Sort of stopped a few years before we were on. Oh no, don't can't bring it back. So it's it, it, it it's kind of a, a very structured, very manufactured program. It's it's already its wheels are already in motion by the time you join the the in studio team. Mm-hmm. Um. How did you process that shift from acting to basically like the polar opposite? Because it's yeah. not really—it's not really a performance. Well, I think I can transition. No, it's, it's a performance, but it's not. You <laughs> but know, it's not. You're it's not, not going. The same. So what? Do, what is? What is this Shannon's motivations? Like, yeah. what's, her, what, what's her thing? Like, we, I think with is she older than me. Does she have a Scottish accent? Like? <laughs> what is she thinking? <laughs> um, with presenting, though, I do feel like. It's you, but it's an amplified version of you. So there is, there's an element of acting in it. Mm. Because, you know, say you're having a really down day, as we all do, you you can't bring that. You can't be like, Shannon's really down today, so she's like not going to give it her energy. Like, she's not going to give it her You've all. got to turn it on totally. for the microphone. Yeah. So there's, there is, I think... For the microphone. You know, Sit on the camera. <laughs> whatever the... It's on the camera. <laughs> whatever it is that's recording you at the time. Um, Your Honour. You do, you do have to. It is, it's still a performance because yeah. you, you're being yourself, but it's an amplified version of yourself. And because I started off doing VTs, it was all scripted. That, um, not that you know, I mean, Friday Download was scripted, but it was like scripted in in a bit of an acting way, kind of thing. Like all the pieces yeah. to camera were like a bit cheesy, and they were like sort of weird little sides and and yeah. Or, like that. It was like, oh, hi, Shannon Flynn here. Uh, you're watching like Friday Download. We're going to do Style Download, and today. I'm at such a buddy's house and I'm going to teach him how to put up a tent. Let's go. Like, that's not even a joke. That was one of my first VTs. Wait, that was a style download? <laughs> um, it's, oh, it a really, been... it's a really nice tent, guys. Yeah. You don't understand. So it's then, a really nice tent. You did, like... There was an there was an element of acting in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 OB and, and, and VTs and stuff, I guess. Are kind of, you sort of think of them more as, like, little films. Yeah. In a way. Which, so, yeah. which they were. So... And then I suppose because it started like that, it was that was maybe kind of half acting, half presenting. So that when I actually joined the show, it didn't feel like a massive jump. Mm. It kind of just felt like I have a personality. Like I can talk, I can laugh, I can joke. I have something to say. I have something to offer, something to bring. Mm. So I just need to be able to do that, but fit it in with the script. If that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. it didn't feel like I was like, oh my god, what? How do I present? It just fe- kind of felt like something that I already knew how to do. Okay. Does so, that make sense? No, I know what you mean. You, you kind of you kind of filter what you already know and what you're already comfortable with just through a new prism. Yeah, and I think if I watched the first series that I did a Friday Download back, I'd probably be absolutely repulsed by it all and be like, I was horrendous. I definitely should have thought doing? that. <laughs> should have given that more thought. But by the end, I think I found my way with it and I think I found my own kind of style and 
and what I did, and then obviously doing the office at, at CBBC, doing CBBC HQ, but it was the office obviously before that when I was there. The golden era. It was the golden era. <laughs> I've got to say, I was part of all the golden eras of all these shows. We, but we smashed the champagne bottle on HQ. We and did. We're like, off you go. Yeah. There good, you go. good luck. Good luck, ship HQ. <laughs> you strangely familiar looking room. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely not the same studio, guys. It totally isn't. I do, but totally I do. not the same studio with the flick of paint. I remember the revamp of that. <laughs> I think we, I think we had HQ morning. for two months, I think. We had like two months where we were in HQ and not Did the office. We? Yeah. It, it, it bleeds into each other a bit because they were the office before it became HQ was also like purple and square column things yeah, and all that. Yeah. So it's sort of, it had that, had that zhuzh up. Um, being the age you were doing Friday Download and sort of a bigger spotlight on you, I suppose, at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's already a difficult world to be a young woman in any way, mm-hmm. in any possible mm-hmm. context. Yeah. What what were the pressures like for that to be a part of like a TV format that was magazine-y? Obviously, it kind of has that cult following in a way. Like yeah. you say, people get really obsessed with it and you get like, you know, you have fan factions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and then there's there's politics itself within television, how mm. everyone's represented. I mean, yeah. there was a very uncomfortable sort of period where there was stuff going on with Download, wasn't it, in terms of how people were made up, which became like a point of contention. Yeah, but you know what? I will talk about that because... Mm. That was totally blown out of proportion. Oh yeah, well, as, it was a tabloid as, thing as to what it was, yeah. and it was, and that was never said to me. It was column inches. That's what it, it was. was. Yeah, it, it was um, Michelle. Michelle? No, Melissa Hardinge. Mm. I knew it wasn't Michelle. Melissa Hardinge. Um, or Melly H. Or Melly H. <laughs> or Melly H. I forget. H. I'm so, so terrible with names. <laughs> Melissa Hardinge because she was a producer on it as well, and she was really heavily involved with CBBC, the, mm-hmm. um, which is when it was separate, as into. Friday download, but she was kind of both. Yeah, she she, she was across the program, but the mediator for, yes. the, for the the franchise, as it were. You word it much better than I did. Um, <laughs> but she, she is talking nonsense. It eventually she, makes sense. <laughs> she was apparently it was like she had been misquoted about saying something about that we were slightly too heavily made up. That it was that we were looking a little bit old, but at the end of the day, we were eighteen. Yeah. So, how do you make an eighteen-year-old girl look fourteen? She's not because we were we were growing up. We were becoming women. Exactly. So, it's it's an invisible controversy. Yeah. That is there to to, to fill inches in the column, basically. Totally. But then but, they'd made out like it was like Shannon and Dion have been pulled to one side and told to take off their red lipstick, like. I wasn't. I, I wasn't a red lipstick wearer. Ask my makeup artist. I used to ask for nude every time. I'd be like, I want a nude lip with like a, a soft eye and yeah. a liner. That's what I used to ask for. I every totally understand time. all of these things. You so do. I know you've been watching those Jamie Genevieve YouTube videos. <laughs> um, that's what I used to ask for. So, and what they'd done is, I think they might have put a pink lip on me once, which is I'm against. I'm against the pink lip. If yeah. you know me, back off. I do not pink like lip. pink lip. But they'd put one on me for whatever reason because it like maybe went with the like really horrible jumper I was wearing at the time. Of course, it was one of the shows with like stylists yeah. and everything, wasn't it? Yeah, so they used that's to dress us. Weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Especially when you are being yourself in a way. <laughs> yeah, but like, like here's what you should wear. Be yourself, like, but like not that version of you. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. So they put this pink lip on me basically, and then there was maybe a still on the internet of me from Friday Download doing. A, I think I was doing a VT. I was doing a style VT mm-hmm. um, of how to like braid your hair like how to do a fishtail plait I think it was and it was a still from that that had been put on Google 
And then basically what they'd done is, I think it was the the Mirror, maybe? No, the Metro it was. That I think, Crikey. I know, who yeah. reads the Metro? Boring. <laughs> they had took this still. I use it to cover the seat so I don't have to sit in someone <laughs> yeah. else's dirt. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> Dirtiness. They, well, um, I will do it the sports page up just to see what the scores are. Yeah, obviously. Of course, you know, of course, of course. Other of course, than that, other than course, that. Yeah, stereotypes, of course. So they, <laughs> they took this still anyway and they'd edited it to make my lips, my lips look red. Because they played the contrast. Yeah. Oh, they just Christ. made it look darker. I never had a red lipstick on. And then the headline's like, see boobies, we don't want sexy presenters. That's what it was. And I was like, I am dead. <gasps> That's what it was. I was like, it's brilliant. Who's come up with that? I want that tattooed on my body well, somewhere. Well, someone who doesn't know the names of the channels, apparently. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought it was brilliant, though. It's ridiculous. I was like, Mum, I'm famous. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's that weird pressures, like, sort of, that the add on to the stuff that you're already sort of internally dealing with in your life yeah. at that time. And for suddenly mm. uh, a paper to be like, we know what's better for you. Yeah. We know how you should be presenting yourself as a human being. I just thought the whole thing it's was hilarious. Mental. Like, I, I, I genuinely... And I wasn't bothered about it. A lot of things upset me at that age, like, you know, sort of, like, nasty online comments and, you know, things surrounding that. But that didn't bother me at all, because I was like, there's not an ounce of truth in that. Mm. And I think, at the end of the day, you've got to take anything that you read in the tabloids with a pinch of salt, because it's amplified and it's it's altered, it's exaggerated, it's it's... Because everyday life stories don't normally make the papers because it's boring. No one's bothered. We we have both worked with people in recent years who are sort of uh, tabloid favourites for articles and thought Mm. pieces on like their mental state and things like that. And we both we both know that some things are true, some things are not true. And it is it's it is odd to think that there's an altered reality that exists simply just to momentarily entertain some people one morning briefly Crazy. while they're looking at a thing for a minute. And it's then go, bizarre, isn't it? Oh, isn't it weird about mm-hmm. them? Isn't that mm-hmm. strange? Oh, that's disgusting, that. And then they move on with their life. You know, well, like, it's like they say, right? today's Why newspaper, tomorrow's to fish paper. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Well, that is well, so... not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no Health more. and safety violation. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lady on LBC who <laughs> argued that she wanted to, uh, without getting too political, uh, she wanted to leave the, the EU right down when they they boiled it down to like so what was the reason you really wanted to leave yeah. you? the reason she boiled it down to was that she was like well you know you can't even have newspaper around your fish and chips anymore oh, God. it's like what get a, get a life Brenda <laughs> get a life she probably was a Brenda yeah no offence to any Brendas out there unless you're that Brenda um, in which case get a life Brenda <laughs> yeah get a life Brenda uh, it's, I mean it's, it's, it's odd to think that but there are, of course, upsides to to getting to work in the profession that you adore at that age too. Yeah, totally. I mean, it must have been a blast doing Danny's Castle, for example. <coughs> like, I mean, obviously, again, tight production budgets on CBBC are never particularly huge. So yeah. Certain sort of shortcuts and this, that, and the other. But at the same time, you you're going to work and earning money at a young age. Doing what you love. To faff around, pretending you're talking to ghosts and you know, yeah. get up to sitcom shenanigans for for several hours um, totally. a day. I, th- I think the one thing I say is, if you want to get into this industry for the money, don't bother because it's not it's not there. It's like one in in fifty of us are making an okay wage from it. Mm. That's the truth. If you want to do it, you do it because you love it and you're passionate about it, not because of anything else that comes with it. That's just cold hard facts of it. Yeah. And it's and and it is hard work. And I think people probably look at us and think, well, they haven't got a proper job, and they don't do this and they don't do that. And yeah, maybe I haven't got a proper job because of what I do. I go to work every day and I love it. But the long hours, 
the mm. longest hours I've ever done was That's like not, it's was not easy. Danny's Castle. If you're talking when you from the moment you get picked up from your hotel, mm. which already makes it sound a bit like, ooh, when I get picked up from my hotel. But it was a Holiday Inn, guys. So, like, you know, I'm not saying in, like, the bloody Hilton. Other brands of, ho- of hotel are available. Yeah, they are. They're all great. Uh, but they're not as cheap and easy accessible to productions. So, <laughs> they're not as, not as good for the budget. I miss anyone. They, um, so you get picked up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. I hop, was it? I can't remember what it's called, though. I don't know. Ibis, yeah. Is it Ibis? That was that the one. There's all the keys that CBBC would sort of. Um, that was what they used to sort of. That was their go-to if they needed to put someone up briefly. They'd Possibly, like... I just know. There's. I always used to stay in the Ibis opposite London Euston because it was just close, like right yeah. next to the station. But anyway, <laughs> enough about hotels. The license fee is pay, is, is paid respectfully, guys. Like it, it's never abused. Never, it's never abused. no, never abused. At, at least not at the level of people who actually work. In it, well, we're not bodies. getting it anyway. We're we're, getting wherever it's going. <laughs> So, um, yeah, you get picked up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. You'd be on set maybe all day. Mm. Like, particularly when we were doing the mice scenes in Danny's Castle. Of course, yeah. They were ridiculous. Like, we would get up, get picked up, and then we'd have to have breakfast, like, straight away when we got there because once they start putting the mouth on you, like... Yeah, it was prosthetics for that Yeah, stuff, prosthetic mouth, yeah. which is the most horrific thing I've ever experienced. I hated it. I Hated it. Having it put on was so uncomfortable. Like round your mouth, it was. It was. Mm. It was. We didn't have proper prosthetics. It's it, it that like who from Whoville sort of like raised up a mouth was, thing, wasn't it? Because it was yeah. over my lip, and we didn't have with the budget. We had proper prosthetics made, but we didn't have then a proper prosthetics makeup artist fitting them, oh, putting them on, taking them off. Yeah, and also. So the artists on, on set are doing the best they can. Yeah, but it's, it's, not, it's normal it's not makeup there, artists you know. that haven't done special effects yeah. or, or prosthetics. Um, so, you know, they're putting it on you and then the budget is so low that you can only have one mouse mouth. Like, I think the first time we did it, we only got one mouse mouth and oh, nose like, for the whole cast thing. Each. yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. so that they had to take it off in a certain way that they didn't ruin it and they could yeah. reapply it. Limit the so, damage and... Yeah, and I think the... I can't remember what they used to use, but it used to make me heave. Oh, and I literally... It got to the point where I said to the producer, who I really got on with, Ray, he's a lovely little guy, I still speak to him now. I was like... I don't want to make things difficult for you, but I'm really struggling. Like, I'm literally heaving. It's making mm. my eyes water. Like, like the way like, your, un- li- your lower lip rubs up against it. And things yeah, like that. Just, everything, just, everything about kind of it. Takes it. it- I, I, don't, I don't hate prosthetics, but, like, y- normally you kind of know how long you're going to be in them. Mm. Whereas with that, I guess it was a thing of, like, if we get another series, I'm going to have to do this again. Yeah. And it's making me physically unwell on yeah. the day. So, yeah, I think on the second yeah. series, then they were like, right, okay, we need to do something about it. And then I think we might have had, we did like a full day of it in each block. So all yeah. the my scenes in that episode would be saved to like the last day of the block and then everybody else would get the day off and like me and, it was like me and Richard for the first series and then he kicked off about being a mouse because it wasn't cool. <laughs> it wasn't like good for his street cred. So hey. then... Hey, hey, come on. Like, it's worked for Mickey for 70 odd years. But also, like, it's a CBC, <laughs> He's rolling in it. It's a CBC <laughs> show and it was supposed to be good fun. So, anyway, he didn't do it then for the next series. It yeah. was Niall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. was really yeah. up for it, which just, it was so much more enjoyable because, like, he wanted to give it his all and, like, we, we could just have more fun with it. Mm. Um, and then in, like, the second series, then I think they did splash out a bit and they got us a nose, a prosthetic nose for each block. Yeah. So rather than it having to take it off, each time. yeah, which was yeah. which was better because it was just so uncomfortable trying to get it off. I suppose as well because it does get a bit crustier as time. Yeah, and it's just and it's stuck oh. to your skin. Yeah. So it's like you want to just put you want to lather it in baby oil and like get the glue off and then just take it off and scrub your face. That's mm. what you want to do with it, and you could we couldn't do that when it we were having when we had one nose per series. So just kind of remove it and then do aftercare. 
like yeah, you for to... yourself, but it's not oh, quite. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the the mice scenes that we do. So you obviously get up in the morning at six o'clock. Um, or probably earlier, to be honest, for the mice scenes, you're probably getting picked up at like half five, five o'clock. Yeah. Driven to set. And then when you get there, really quick bit of breakfast, straight into makeup. Um, and we, they bought us like, just like little cheap tracksuits to put on, like, cause, so we didn't have to walk about in the mouse, the mouse costumes because they were massive and like really heavy Cumbersome and bubbies. thick. Yeah. yeah. And the feet and the art and the arms and... and we're talking thick with, with CK, guys. We're talking thick with the CK. Yeah, totally. You know, so it's not, you know... This is, this is this is Thick. this is not going out in on on the town. <laughs> like, no, no, sort of like look at me. It was. Uh, I mean, I I'm loved, a mother loving mouse. I loved the hood. That was really cute. Yeah. Um, because I had like the big ears, like big furry ears, and I had like a I think I had bows in on my um ears, which were dead cute. And then the feet were funny. It was all good. It was great. Um, but yes, and you'd have like you get a prosthetic on, and then we would go upstairs into the room that we did the mice scenes in which all be set and we'd be doing like we'd do a read through and then we would put um we'd do a read through and then we would stage it and we'd do like a walkthrough. Um and then we would be sent off whilst the camera's set up um to get into costume. Mm-hmm. So then somebody then somebody would be dressing us. Like so we'd have like a white um like baby grow almost yeah. on underneath. So you'd have that on, and then the mouse costume right. to, to absorb all the sweat. Oh yes, like yeah. so it didn't all go on the costume. Yeah, and then they put like big, like long gloves, pink gloves with big, massive nails stuck on them, and big, massive polystyrene feet that have got like all pink felt around them, and and then you hood on, then you'd waddle back in, and you, you know, everyone's like, watch your tail, look after your tail, don't ruin the costume. I'm assuming you boomed for that then over the mics as well. No, I think we were mic'd as well. Oh, as, God. As, and then the sound person's getting annoyed because they're like, oh, you've got it all wet. It's like, yeah, of course I've got it sweat. all wet. I'm dripping in here. sweats. But yeah, <laughs> then you would do that, right? That's my favourite, least favourite <laughs> ongoing complaint from anyone who works in sound. Yeah. Oh, you sweat all, all over it. Just, of course I have. They've so put moist? it inside a giant costume and we're under hot lights. Yeah. Of course I've sweat on the mic pack. Northern Ireland, <laughs> where we filmed it, is like notorious for not having nice weather. Yeah. And then we, for some reason, one of the days that we did the mice uh, scenes on, it was the hottest day of the year in Northern Ireland. So it was like, I think it must have been about 30 degrees. It was really hot. And we're we're in these massive suits and we've got air, they got us like air conditioning, like big vent things to Mm. have like in the room where we're waiting. Of course, they've got to turn them off for takes though. Yeah, yeah. For sound. And keeping, keeping us hydrated and stuff. Like the team were great. They were brilliant, like, you know, I've no complaints about that at all. The, the thing that I hated the most, mm. apart from the whole, no, like, taking the nose off, putting it back on situation, was that for lunch, you weren't allowed to have anything wet. Oh, just in case, like, it's supposed for the costumes or it touched the prosthetics. The and prosthetics, it. yeah. So it was like... It's getting really dry, like, stuff, which then, of yes, course, like, is just what, sort of... What do you want for lunch? Oh, I'll have the plain rice and plain chips, please. And that'd be my lunch for the day, because you couldn't have any sauce. Can I have some vinegar? No. Oh, no. Okay. Couldn't even have ketchup. Couldn't have anything. Could someone blend uh, a, a full English into a milkshake for me? It and just horrible. give me a very long straw. <laughs> yeah. I promise I won't let it touch this lip. It'll just touch the other one. Yeah. Just cook it up to my veins. <laughs> yeah, just drip, Just put it straight in my stomach. Bacon sandwich drip. Yeah. Oh, God. But I suppose with those things, you look at the end product and you go like, okay, 
I get it now. I get, yeah. I get why we just went through all that because there it is. It, it works and it, it's a thing. But we didn't do it series one. Yeah, because the, they were the flashbacks. Was flashbacks to Danny's house. No, just flashbacks. Oh right, okay. Or like dream sequence type things. Oh, okay, I was like, gonna, like, I was gonna say like that. That's that's saving somebody. Like yeah. we've got this other show. Let's just show clips. From, <laughs> yeah, let's just come back to that. Another show for a bit. Totally un- un- uh, unrelated. <laughs> But, like, no, yeah. Everybody's completely different except Danny. <laughs> How does this work? Does anyone get residuals? This is the BBC, darling, in no. the 21st century. It's a buyout. No it's residuals. a buyout. <laughs> but yeah, no, we did like flashbacks. And then I think what I heard the issue was, was that it we, we weren't young enough. We weren't appealing to the young crowd that watched CBBC. We were like too old. And I was like, I don't really buy that, but... What, this was toward the end of Castle? Yeah, that's what that, I that's remember. nonsense! Oh, Ray, God, Ray yeah. saying to me, the Beeb wants, wants it for, wants it younger, he wants it aimed, he wants to pitch it younger. Yeah. So, and obviously Danny's house, they had the aliens. So it was like, mm. what could we do in a castle? Mice. Right. So it was more that thing of like, we need to find a thing. Kids like mice? What? Or kids just like <laughs> big costumes. Yes. Yeah, that like, don't make any sense. Television logic, folks, uh, is nonsense. Yeah. And doesn't make any sense at all. Um, which can be to your benefit sometimes if you're the one in charge of the nonsense. Mm. When was your first call for the CBBC office? Was it a cover shift first? It was It was to do with Danny's Castle. So I was already on Friday Download. Mm. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure I had you during a Chris and Dodge thing. I'm sure we had you as a guest for a couple of like pre-recorded links at some point. Probably. I remember my first one, though, was think, with think, Ian and Hacker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they would have been they would have been prime time at that point. Yeah. So I, I did a guest. We did a guest slot in the afternoon with them, mm-hmm. um, which was like basically to promote the start of Danny's Castle. They kind of got me in. Here's but actually, Look at it. <laughs> I think what happened before that though is I think I had my sort of screen test for it before. So basically, oh, so they'd already like said, "Hey, you." Get yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, show us what you got. Yeah, they got but me in. But in this green room. <laughs> Not a green room. Well, no, I did it in the studio. Oh, yeah, well, it was semi-green room. Yeah, but I did G- it with... Green trim. <laughs> I did it with Dodge. I, oh, I did okay. it with Warwick. And Warwick yeah. still, like, tells me now, to this day, like, I laugh about it with him. Because they made him stay behind and he was absolutely fuming. <laughs> he was like, who is this idiot that they're getting in and making me stick around after my shift you know he's done like the full late afternoon and they're like getting into you know stay and do like a a screen test basically with me and he's probably thinking what the hell what is, is she going doing on here? like why i'm yeah. not paying the extra for doing this what's happening yeah, yeah. and he was and I, and I think he told me that since um <laughs> but yes yeah, so i did my screen test with dodge um thought it went okay and I was like, I'll just see what happens. You know, uh, Annie really liked me. He was like, you know, in charge uh, of it. Annie Dixon, who was one of the execs, uh, who's across CBBS, but also casting within CBBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she and she really liked me. And then it kind of went a bit quiet for a while. And I thought, oh, well, I guess well, that's not you know coming back kind of thing. And then when I was doing Danny's Castle to promote it, they were like, we want to get you in to do like a guest afternoon with Ian and Hacker and you'll do like a couple of sketches, a few send-ins, answer some questions yeah. and then you'll do the Milky Brew Challenge at the end. Oh yeah, that was a thing at that point. Yeah, yeah, so I did the Milky Brew Challenge which was just the, like, I was like, I'm going to absolutely smash this and can I just say, <laughs> the water's cold so how are you supposed yeah. to make a brew with like with cold water? 
Yeah. Health and safety gone nuts. Isn't it? Yeah. And then I spilled it anyway. Or it, Ian, it, Ian spilled it. Straight up, it's because of risk assessments. It's yeah. like, we can't boil it. We can't, we can't boil scald the water. water. Can we at least have warm water? Yeah. Warm water? No. Just warm water, you know. It's literally cold. And then, but I had a gr- <laughs> I had such a good time. And I was like, God, that's so much fun. And then I did, I did it with Ian and Hacker once. And then I did a guest slot with Sam and Mark. Yeah, they did a they did a cover on I think. Yeah, 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 and so I was in with them for one, and then I did another guest with Dick and Dom, I think. Yeah. Oh, right. So this would have been. I think this would have been. Uh, I think this would have been summer twenty thirteen. That sounds about right. Yeah. Summer, yeah, it could so, have been. So in twenty th- yeah, summer twenty thirteen. We shot. We shot Danny's the first series of Danny's Castle summer twenty twelve. Yes. Yeah, so, so it would have been it would have been early summer to mid summer twenty thirteen because um I had just started with Ian and Hacker, but I think I did um Oh, oh yeah, it would have been it would have been either it would either have been Dennis or all over the place. So I wasn't there a lot. Yeah. So I was the afternoons at this point, but there were some times where I would disappear for a few days. Mm-hmm. And I remember Sam and Mark did some covers and I think Dick and Dom did like a week at one point where they did like a whole week's worth or something yeah, like that. Yeah, possibly. Um, I'm sure. It might, that might have been the Dick, Dom and Dodge week, actually. Maybe. Or one of the Dick, Dom and Dodge weeks. Unless I've made that up, but I feel like I did. I definitely did it with Sam, with Ian and Hacker and Sam and Mark, and then mm. I think I did a third slot, but I can't remember. We must have done just maybe some sketches for the weekend then. Like, you might have been yeah. in for Ian and Hacker and me and Warwick, like, bagged a sketch or something for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember, I think I first met you in HQ5. Mm-hmm. And in some weird circumstance on a green screen, I think. Probably. Yeah, probably. That makes so sense. we did so many right. weird green screen stuff together. Right. Also, can I just flag up? So, I was, you know, I was saying to you before that I listened to Katie's episode, her <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah. And I also want to say, when you were talking about Sir Johnson Pellets, <laughs> that was I was in that day. That was my that was mine and yours sketch. Yeah, you were in the first one. So, what are they talking about, Hacker and Chris? It was me and you that did Sir Johnston Pellets because we did a random sketch of you in. A jungle somewhere. You're right. That was his very first one. And you had the mustache. That was his very first one. And you said pellets. Because because Harriet, mm-hmm. who was wonderful on props, yeah. she brought over that mustache. She was like, I'm just trying to think how we could. And I was like, just string it onto the binoculars. Yeah. And she was like, okay. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say that because she's that kind of level of yeah, zany. Yeah, yeah. Immediately fishing wire. Boom. Yeah, no, that was the first That was the first time we did so it. So can I just say, I was there yeah. at the birth of Sir Johnson Pellets. And I feel like I'd, I wasn't even involved in that, like memory that you were reminiscing about <laughs> that's the sending controversy yeah. yes <laughs> i was i was there when he was birthed I mean, I, in fact i birthed him oh. with my own hands uh, oh <laughs> wait what when, okay we're when, bad at maths and science apparently when sir, jo- when sir johnston bellitz was born you you've been privy to a lot of my weirder characters yeah Long before we we did Shout Out Saturday together, we did several afternoons as well. Mm-hmm. Once everything was in the swing, and, yeah, we did and, loads. And I, and I was I was the PM guy. Yeah, we did a lot of afternoons. Uh, and there's <laughs> there's one feature which I will bring up later because I know there's a question about it. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> it's great because we're not the only weirdos who remember it. Yeah. Um. So thank you, listeners. Um. Become a patron if you are already. Uh, so <laughs> join the Discord. Um. There's uh. <laughs> God. There's some, there is some weird, I want to say a rude word, but I'm not going to. There's some weird, like, yeah. especially like when we teamed up. And I think a lot of that was down to people like Andy Potter and Steve oh. Collins going, right, this afternoon, yeah. Chris isn't with the talking dog. He's with another human being. Yeah. So How do we make we do? it weird for Chris and Shannon? Yeah. So you were privy to Rancid Frank. Which yes. was Oh, a I weird love Rancid skit. Frank. So for Did those Rancid who don't Frank know, have that song? Rancid Frank. He's one of those brilliant characters that only ever happened like four times. 
loved it. But so Rancid Frank was this, we just cut to a new show called Rancid Frank. And it was this, <laughs> the gag was, it was a theme song that was about a minute long. Yeah. Over a title sequence of just me dressed in like a perm wig, a dirty Mac, a scarf, and some like round spectacles. I think that was the costume. Yeah, there might, yeah. might have been a little hat. On yeah, the wig. I think there was. And I just would slowly go through shot on a sky background, and the song was uh, uh, "Rancid Frank, what's in your sandwich? Oh Is yeah, it egg or cheese or jam Sandwich. with some other filling you demanded? Mm-hmm. Rancid Frank, what's in your?" Sandwich, Witch. which is like what? And then it just and then he goes, they go ham. Rancid Frank, that was your yeah. sandwich, and th- you know the gag was just obviously giant title oh, sequences. Was that not Mark this. Barton? It might have been a Barton special. Yeah, I think actually. it was a Marky Barts, <laughs> definitely. Marky Chief Inspector Onion Barton. Um, Chief Inspector Onion. And in fact, I nearly got to keep that head. Did but then you? They needed it for a scare. After it was after I left afternoons, like you can have it if you want. I went. I don't know where it'll go in the house, but I'll take it. And you they're know. like, actually, we need it. And then I never saw it again. Oh, that's so sad. Although I did get to keep in that box there is uh, Sir Alan Lips. Sir Alan Lips, the ventriloquist Dolmouth. I don't think I'm, I never met him. I'll show you. Maybe we could it's, be introduced it's, later. It's horrifying. Oh, really? Um, it's really it's a ventriloquist Dolmouth. Going back oh, to ventriloquist dolls. These I'll be haunted forever, won't I? But, but um, do you we remember? ended afternoon together. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you got to wear the dirty mag. Did that? Oh, oh, and I did Francis 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 Francine. Francine. Oh, I thought it was Francine. Well, she was Fran- I think it was Francesca. Yeah, but it was Francesca. Because I remember trying to fit it into the... Sorry, I said, Francesca, Francesca, what's in your... Like, it was like, what's in your handbag? Or something like that. It was like, cube. Oh, I loved it. Mental stuff. Um, I need to, to watch that again. Yeah, oh, God. Talking of, talking of weird items you were there for the beginning of. Yeah. You were, if I remember correctly, the christening presenter for Bank Holiday Benny. Now... I don't even want to talk about him. (laughs) He's also in the house. He absolutely haunts He's in a bag in a drawer upstairs. Thank Um, God for that. Where he belongs. (laughs) Uh, For those who don't know, we came up with a a skit, me and Andy Potter, um, about the patron saint of Bank Holidays. Like, let's have Father Christmas for Bank Holidays. Yeah, because we always did be? Bank Holiday Monday together, didn't we? we it was like, we, it was like who wants the Bank Holiday? We're like, no one. <laughs> like, okay, Chris and Shannon. local? Chris and Shannon, then you come. Like, yeah. Okay. And, um, God, I was like, <laughs> that was always my curse. You live nearby, great. Do you want to do Boxing Day morning? <laughs> yeah. Sure. No. You know, they don't do Christmas now. They, they pre-record well in advance and everyone goes off on like the 19th. Oh. And then they come back on like the 28th for a few days. And Sometimes, then go back again, and then, and then, then go back again. in New Year. Oh. It's like, what? I, used to, I remember my first year, I did Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah, because I, I was getting a ride to London that night, uh, from London to Manchester. Um, whereas, obviously, Ian was travelling back to uh, Edinburgh, so he needed to go yeah, sooner. Yeah. So it was me, it was Muggins, it was uh, doing, doing the Christmas Eve shift. Um, but yeah, we we created this guy. We decided for some reason that he should be trying to hawk his wares because he's such he's such a little known character that he's just trying to sell his stuff. Yeah, and he's like, here it is, bad quality stuff. Okay, and for some reason we've been quoting Glen Gary, Glen Ross around that time a lot. Yeah, yeah, Spe- specifically like Pacino's character. <laughs> um, you know, where did you learn your trade? Yeah, and then <laughs> that coupled with a random John Tron quote that I kept shouting at Lucy, um, it just became this businessman yeah i think they wanted to do it like um oh it was the psf in which character called brian butterfield 
Hold on, there's a businessman who had the big prosthetic chin, he was all very fat. Right. It was like a Christmas pizza. It's like mm. we ate at Christmas with bon 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 bons, mini mince pies. <laughs> mini mini mince pies. It's just a weird <laughs> character, just this business guy with yeah. two business. Yeah. And they wanted to do something like that. I thought we can't be the same. No. So it just became this bolshy American guy. Yeah. With a with a long tie, a blazer that's always open, and mm. stupid hair. Because we all know that no one could ever get behind an American who looks like or sounds like that. No. Oh, wait. Why would you um, Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, that was, for me, that was a lot of fun because I sort of, we were scripting it, but then we realised it was funnier to just not stick to the script yeah. and just improvise this, this guy who won't go away. And I think at first, for me, it started <laughs> off as like, okay, well, Shannon, because Chris is going to be so outrageous. Which I've never you... really been able to do before. So it was like, <laughs> yeah. he's, having, he's having a moment. He's having a moment. Uh, <laughs> But it's like, Chris is going to be so outrageous and just do whatever that you play the straight guy. So I'm like, cool, that's fine. And that's how it started. But then actually, after like a few links, I was like, I actually feel very annoyed. Like, I I literally hate him. Like, why is he still talking? And then it just became, it wasn't even like a joke that like, oh, Shannon's playing it down because like, you know, Chris is going to be really out there. It was literally like, why won't Bank Holiday Benny shut up? He's literally pecking my head. He's a stuff of nightmares, I'll, I'll that ta- guy. I'll take that as a, as a performer. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you did it well. You did it justice, let me tell you. But I, 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 I tend to peck it anyway, but I think give me a drawn on moustache. But and I loved every other character that we did, every other character that you did. But something about Bank Holiday Benny just like really grinds my gears. Like he rubs me up the wrong way. I, I think, you know, I think it's because he is, he's genuinely sleazy. The other, the other characters are like cartoon madcap, like, you know, you Judge Johnson's and that. They're just sort of loud and zany. Yeah. Whereas Bank Holiday Betty, you do kind of feel like he's hanging around. And you yeah. You sort of want him to leave. Yeah. It's like, why are you here? Because that was the first plot, wasn't it? Like, two links in, he was like, right, I've done my Bank Holiday stuff, can I stay here now? It's like, oh, there's no many places to be. Well, no one else really celebrates <laughs> Bank Holiday, so yeah, I guess I'll so stay here. Yeah, we'll just be here then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you... I, I think yeah, I think he's, he's technically your arch nemesis. I, I'd say so. But he doesn't know it. He thinks you're best mates. I wish he did. He sends you bank holiday messages. He does all the time. <laughs> He's still trying to be in my life and I've just had enough. If you're listening, Benny, don't stop contacting me. <laughs> you freak. Leave me alone. Especially on bank holidays. Especially. I dread it now. Everybody else is looking forward to bank holiday and I'm like, not me. Here he is. It's a bit like Michael Bublé at Christmas. You know, like, you don't hear from him all year and then all of a sudden... Just rocks there up. There he is. Like, like, oh, there oh, you are. Bloody Bublé. There you are again, singing slightly off, off, <laughs> off kilter. Yeah. Singing out of the bar, off bar, just to keep it... Keep it... He is. He's keep like, it different. He's like the Bublé, isn't he? Like, I'm dreaming. <laughs> he's the Bublé of Van Goldie. Why is Christmas... <laughs> Bublé, bring it back. Come on. Go away, Bublé. Where don't were you? Away, where Bublé. were you in, like, April... What were you doing then? Lanzarote, living yeah, off of his probably. Christmas earnings. Probably, yeah. Sunning himself. Maybe that's what Benny's doing. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely upstairs. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if I didn't have some plans for, for that character, because I do have a bit of a plan for something to do with him that I wanted to do for a while, I'm, I'm not even kidding, because of Donald Trump, I've yeah. held off. Because there is a little bit of a, close, of a visual close, similarity. Yeah. So I've sort of held off. But I think I've got a feeling pretty soon there might be a bit of a vacancy for characters like that <laughs> yeah. that won't, won't upset people too much. Fingers crossed. But um, but if, if I didn't have plans for him, I would. Uh, our video content this month would be me letting you burn the wig. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that'd be a fire hazard because the amount of hairspray in that thing. Just so much. It's horrific in a way. So much. And uh, so, many, <laughs> so many lost dreams are in that wig. 
Stolen oh, nightmares. So sad. <laughs> yeah. Slapping the dummies in that wig. I bet he is. <laughs> He's waiting. He's just like lurking. He's waiting. Go away, sleep. Go away. Oh, you creepy bugger. Yeah, I hate Benny. Sorry, but I just do. More than Slappy? Yes. <laughs> Because Slappy's left me alone, he's not bothered me since that day, but like, Benny just keeps rearing his ugly head every he's still time. There, the bugger. And there's so many bank holidays in a year. The Shout Out Saturday was, um, it, it, it was an odd time for me because I was meant to leave presentation. Mm. I'd said I was leaving, I'd sort of felt like I would get to the point within the next year where I would stagnate for people. Yeah. And I knew there was a change on the horizon. They were going to be less, less double acts, less comedy, and more kind of magazine y. Mm. And I, I was never brought in for that initially. Yeah. So I, I announced that I was leaving. Mm-hmm. And then, very last minute, they went, We're doing a second season of Shout Out Saturday. Um, we kind of know, we, we want someone who we know can do like every shift for a certain duration, uh, and that we don't have to sort of train up. Yeah. Um, would you do it? I was like, I mean, we're literally about to say that I'm leaving. How do we reword it? We'll just say that you're getting a new job. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. So I left lives and did shout Saturday. I did it for a bit with Kel. I did it for a bit with Ben. And then they settled on you and me and mm-hmm. we became that, like we were the, the slot, like that, that was yeah. us. Uh, right down to even getting a photo shoot at one point. Mm. Um, I always found Shout Out Saturday to be a weird mix of of highs and lows for various reasons. Mm. But the the one thing that kept it entertaining for me, honestly, was working with you. Yeah. Because there was that that vibe that we were both very much in the same mental boat. Yeah. So as soon as we'd rock up, it was it, it's like doing it's like doing the you know four a.m. open shift for a McDonald's. Totally. <laughs> Bring it all back. Totally. Like, you get in. You're shattered. You all wish you don't necessarily had to be there at that time. Yeah. You get on with it, but then you remember halfway through. Oh yeah, the workday finishes at eleven. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we and, and I think eventually we kind of just brought that vibe to the links. That was kind of our attitude. Was like we're here to have a laugh with you lot, but after this we're going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like so. Let's have fun. I think we've joked about like what are you doing after this? Probably. Yeah. Literally you, going back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I think we did when we used to do the like the end like credit when it was the shout out Saturday because we used to talk over the last yeah, bit, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, I'm sure there was always like, "What are you doing after this? Going home? Can I come?" No, it was always something like that, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some breakfast actually. Oh, room for a little one? No. no. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, it's, it's it's a restaurant on Mars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was always that tone, wasn't it? That, I feel like that was like mine and yours thing now that it was like... I think we got told to stop doing probably. that at one point. We were like, Yeah, no. like less of that. It's funny. I yeah. like the idea. They always, they're always worried about it ending on a low. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. It Are you kidding funny. me? It's, it's a bit satire, isn't it? had a really good time that it all goes to pot. Um, and I was, uh, you know, it, but honestly, I don't understand this to toot your horn because we're on, on mic, Your Honour. But um, like it, it, it working, I mean the team. The team were lovely, but it was all yeah. always this element of because it was never a permanent team. No, it was just nice working with that team. Yeah, when the people who came in and out. But we were sort of the only two constants. Yeah, and and as a result, it was like, like you were my support network on yeah. Saturdays. Yeah. I was like, oh thank God. It's like when, when the, the the few there was only a couple of occasions where you couldn't do it where I did. Yeah, after that and stretch. vice versa. I think and I did a few really with weird. I did a few with Bob. Phil. Yeah, I think you did. I think you did one with Katie at some point. I think that was Gosh, when I went. Really? Uh, that was toward the end of my run, I think. Um, yeah, because I, yeah. I might have had a. Uh, oh no, no. It, mm. Yeah, no, because I I was doing Panto at one point in between a couple. Of, no, no, I'm, I'm completely making up a new history. But 
at one point I got to write for it as well, which mm. was interesting. I did some behind the scenes work on Whoops, and then I wrote links for Shout Out Saturday right. for a bit. Um, and do you, I, I don't mind saying this on mic now because it's too late and no one can tell us off. Um, <laughs> so do you remember that there was one, there was one higher up within the department who was always a little bit weird with jokes, and they wouldn't sign off my scripts. Like, I'm not sure about that. Could you maybe change that? And but it was stuff that obviously me being there for five plus years at this point, I was like, yeah. no, I know that this is fine. So eventually I cottoned on that if I sent the jokes in and that person had to sign it off, I would have to, um, I would have to, uh, you know, drop the joke. Yeah. So do you remember there's a few occasions where I just said, right, remind me on Saturday morning about page 10 mm-hmm. or like, remember this word, just yeah. tell me on Saturday morning yeah. and I wouldn't put the joke in the script. Yeah. And then and I'd give the script in and get signed off and I'd be like, right, so. Here's what we're doing. I Here's do what this. we're really doing. I don't want to do that. Yeah. We should do that. And, and technically, that's cheeky because it was material going out on live kids TV that hadn't been signed off on. But for all anyone knew, it was improv. And also, who was so. even watching that? Seriously, like people that were working, you know, like people really high up. Not a chance were they getting off oh, and watching no, they that. Watching it, and especially they watching it back towards the end as well. <laughs> it did feel a bit like not one person could be bothered. Mm, yeah, with, like writing it, yeah, like putting it, was, it together. It, it was, was like, oh, we just do it. I'm glad. It, I'm glad that the actual run of SOS ended on a on a nice high. That yeah. that last Saturday was a really yeah, nice kind of. Well, it felt woo. like people were actually bothered about it. They were like, yeah. right, we're going to actually actually do oh, something. We had that weird thing it. as well. Where it was like the penultimate one. There was there was a gap. There was something going on, which meant there wasn't a shout out Saturday the week before the last one. Right. And we were like, right, well, can we, in, in the second to last one, can we acknowledge that we're back in two weeks with the last shout-out Saturday? Can we acknowledge that? Mm-hmm. And we were told we weren't allowed to because it was that whole downer ending thing. They didn't want people to be like, oh, it's any. We can do it on the day. And I remember in the last link, we just made a big point of being like, yeah. this is the last time me and Shannon are leaving the office. We're going now. This is our last one. Hello, goodbye. See you. And like really yeah. over-egging the pudding to yeah. be like... Do you get it now? Do you yeah. get it, viewers? But why would um, you? Why would you not though? Because we've done it for so long. Why would you just leave and then everyone be like, "Oh, yeah. where did they go?" I think they were. I think they're worrying about uh, people in certain positions. Worry about the, the viewers' feelings, which of course you should do to a point. You should obviously be catering to your audience, and, and it's a young audience. You have a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But a big part of life is people leaving, moving on, yeah. going to new places, mm. and I think it's odd to shield from that. Yeah, uh, I was quite lucky that I, I that there was a bit of a meh vibe around my last week doing the afternoons, which at that point I thought was just my last week. Yeah, and I remember I had to kind of hijack the planning and be like, with with the afternoon team, we had to sort of go right. We're going to make a thing of it because like I'm going. I don't just want to say bye, and it wasn't necessarily like an ego thing of let's I'm leaving, everyone celebrate me, <laughs> yeah. but more just that like no, let's make a thing of it. We don't really do stories over the course of days anymore. So no. on Monday, let's reveal that I'm leaving on Friday. Yeah. And then each day we'll have a themed thing around that. Mm. So that way, we're acknowledging, oh, he's going. But you're softening the blow a bit because everyone's prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can, you know, like, hey, everyone, this is the last week of Chris and Hacker. So let's actually acknowledge that yeah. and do something about it and, and, and ending, have a good time. endings are really important so you know for for, for all the all the furor and, and oddness around how shout saturday wrapped up i do think that last saturday was it was really nice and it was sort of like a, it was i remember twitter was like really like very conversational with us that morning mm. there was so many people going like i can't actually believe this is the last one this is really weird yeah. we watch every week and i'm yeah. like oh my god like people who had not really said anything came out of the woodworks be like is it ending it was like yeah, yeah. and you know it's nice we sort of had like a Mini leaving dinner. I went and had 
Casadelias or something. I can't Where remember. Where did we go? Did we not go to... Oh, we went to Look Lost, didn't we? In uh, Northern Quarter? Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, and I'd far too many drinks for human beings to consume. Yeah, I mean... On a Saturday afternoon at, like, 2pm, but I we'd been up since 5. I definitely so. overdid it that day. But I had a really nice time. And, I mean, I did want a bit of a celebration of me leaving because I thought, you know, I've not been here full-time so I was off doing shows and stuff, but I have done four years of it, which is a, a big part of my life and I've made really good friends here. I wanted a leaving thing. Hell, I wanted host, everyone to be hell, like... You hosted Blackpool. She's going. The biggest live... The, bi- the, the bi- No, but, like, the biggest live audience for one of the one of the outside broadcasting things up to that point that yeah. we had in years like we had over the course of that morning uh over 9000 people checked in I know I forget that we did That's that mental that isn't it mm. like over 9000 people like some obviously stayed throughout the entire thing um, which I'm like, bless you guys, because those events things, they never planned for you guys between the shows. Yeah. And I always feel so bad. Although on that one, we had uh, the incomparable Barney Harwood. Uh, yeah, like, we did, did do games with them the and stuff, yeah. Um, but like, you know, you, 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 you presented that. Like you presented yeah. that morning. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, there is there are milestones in that stretch. And um, I guarantee people listening to this episode are going like, you know, yeah, like Shout Saturday was my jam or Shout mm. Saturday was my Saturday morning. Yeah. And there's definitely been there's definitely been a lot of love for it. Since since I announced the other day on the Discord, there's been a lot of love for like, oh my god, yeah, I watch it all the time. Like, oh my god, you two are great. And yeah. oh my god, Judge Johnson. No, never do that again. I'm, Which like, I'm okay, quite sorry. surprised about though, because I genuinely did feel from the side of, you know, the office as in actually the production side of things. Mm. I don't feel like Shout Out Saturday was celebrated massively. It, it felt I, like a it bit, was a bit of, of a placeholder. Yeah. Really. I, I, feel, I feel it was a placeholder and I feel it was, I feel it was a neat, especially the first series, this was before us two. Yeah. It was a knee-jerk response to the distinguished competition starting a new Saturday morning show. Yeah. Um, I think it was even put together in a week. Yeah, The first probably. series, it was just like, right, we're doing it. Kel, Phil, you're booked. In you mm-hmm. go. I was like, oh, okay. Why, why are you doing it that way? Oh, there's a there's a, a thing that's title has something to do with eggs on the other side. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. I think um, I did do a few guest slots for the first series as well. On that first of covering, run. yeah, for like Kel if he wasn't in or, or for Phil, to be fair. Yeah. Never, never be fair to Phil. <laughs> never be fair to Phil. Doesn't deserve it. He's not earned it. Uh, now, um, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of other stuff I'd love to talk about, but, um, you know, you have to save something for a sequel. So True. I'm going to chat briefly before we go into the questions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to chat briefly. Uh, we have something in common, um, which, because of having it in common, we've never had the freedom to actually see each other do it. Yeah. Which is pantomime. You had your first go at, at Panto 2017? Is that well, right? It was 2016, 2017? No, funnily enough, I've done oh. it before. What? But not... How dare you? <laughs> not, as, um, not as a name. Like, oh, okay. not, yeah. you know... Which, again, is a really sort of... It's a small club, really. It's a weird, unique position. Isn't it? But, to um, be in, where you're like, oh, I'm part of the marketing. Yeah. I better not be terrible. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. People care? Like, what? <laughs> But no, I had I'd done it before. We're the gateway when... for kids to get into theatre. There you go. Yeah, totally. It's a noble profession. Totally. Kids go, that's that person from that thing. And they come and watch it. And yeah. then they go, that was cool. Could we go to the theatre again? Yeah, and I do think Panto's really important. So we should get is... more money is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, I th- it is, like you say, it's a gateway, isn't it? And it's it's a lot of children's first experience of live theatre. Hmm. And I just, I just think, I think it has a bit of a bad rep, but actually it's really important and it, and I think it it keeps a lot of sort of regional theatres going a lot of the time, you know, if they haven't got loads of stuff on, if it's not a massive like West End production. Oh, absolutely. The the smaller theatres, it is their, it is their main profit in the year. And, and, and if they, 
Sorry, my cat just fell off a cushion in the corridor. What? Oh, no, she didn't. She, she did, <laughs> She though. did, she didn't definitely it? did. I, thought, I heard it. But, uh, yeah, like, smaller theatres, that's their main profit, really, throughout the year, either working with a production company and, uh, and negotiating a good cut or producing in-house. Yeah. And that's their big thing. So it's it, it's it's a beneficial thing for getting kids into theatre. It's beneficial for keeping theatres going mm. and, and, and getting them on the radar, which then, of course, gets them more bookings if things go well. Exactly. You know. But, I, yeah, yeah, I'd done it's it before. A, it's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. I did it before, though, when I was about eight, um, when I was going to this drama class, like I was saying before, um, just like my local, in, like a local, local theatre group, um, the guy that ran it that got me on with my agent, he also used to put on the local pantomime in Rochdale, like the Gracefields Theatre. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, he used to put it on every year. He always played the dame. And he basically offered me that part because we did Babes in the Wood, which I actually feel like you can't do Babes in the Wood anymore. I think it's been... People still do. They combine it with Robin Hood, usually. Oh, do they? Yeah. I'm, I'm doing... I'm doing... Plug, NTL Lincoln, UK. I'm doing Robin Hood this year in Lincoln. And yeah. they have completely omitted any Babes in the Wood influence from Have it. they? They've, right. They've gone like... It's all their raison d'etre was like... So we're doing Robin Hood, but none of that babes in the wood nonsense. We're basically going Prince of Thieves route. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, it's a bit dodgy, isn't it? It's, for, it's an odd for, one. For different reasons, but basically... Come to pantomime, kids, I and do. watch a bunch of children possibly get their throats slurped. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is a bit, it is a bit scary. It's a bit touching up, but I did do it <laughs> Your when... Your kids versus evil people was, do Peter Pan. Yeah, I was one win, of the babes in, um, <laughs> in Babes in the Water, basically. She was called Jill. It was Jack and Jill who were the babes. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that was like, and I had my first little like solo performance, my first like song and everything, and it was it was good fun. I loved it, um, and that was just like I think my granddad came to watch it at the time. Like he he passed away when I was like ten, so say I was about eight. He came to watch it, and he said to my dad afterwards, like, "That's it. She's made it. This is it now." Hollywood is next. After I'd done like the pantomime in Rochdale, my granddad was just like, "That's it. We're on to the big time." Sounds awfully familiar. But gra- yeah, gra- grand- granddads are the best cheerleaders. I know, officially. but it, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. And then I hadn't done panto again since then. So then, when I did it, I think it was it could 2017, maybe. I think I'd... so. What was it? No, no, hang on. Was no, it no. A, was it a Christmas between sixteen? I bet it was. 16, yeah, because yeah. I remember. I remember it was. It was quite a. It was quite. It was quite a last minute kind of change, wasn't it? You, yes. Because we were chatting about it, you were like, "I think we're doing panto." Like, I'm, I'm debating about it, and at this point, I was in dress rehearsal for hours. Yeah. I was like, "God, that's a late casting." Yeah, it was yeah. A short run, though, wasn't it? It was, it was a short like, run, like a sort of fifteen day sort of. It was basically that. I think the the originally were going to have. I think she's called Katie from X Factor. I can't remember her last name. She was going to be in it, but anyway, long story Katie short. Russell? Yeah. Wait, Vassal? Wesley Wesley. Wassel. KEW. All KEWs. KEW. Um she was supposed to be in it and then it all fell through with her. Um so then my agent got the call, like, does Shannon want to do it? And I think I was actually doing a radio play at the time in London when I got mm. the call. And I got the call sort of November. And yeah. obviously now I know that they cast like pantomime sort of early summer. It, like, yeah, sort like, of, like I mean June. some some go last minute. You on you on spotlight currently. Yeah. Right, check your inbox because you'll notice there's a billion places going like, oh, we need, oh, do we, oh, do we, really? need, like, we need like a Jill? Oh my God, we need a Maid Marion. So just do, like, yeah. bloody hell. But, but usually the protocol is like, July is like the latest bit of casting. Yeah. So there's a bit of overspill in cases of some that going wrong. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's, that, that, was, that was the last minute because I remember you saying like, I think I'm doing this. Yeah, like, well, I was in London. I remember being, I was in Yo Sushi at the time, <laughs> having my dinner on my own. That's all they have in London. Yeah, it's, it's all just, just Yo, all sushis. Just Yo Sushi. The streets are paved with Yo Sushi. <laughs> yeah. 
And it was like... Nove- sweater mom, it, you know. it was November. <laughs> I remember it being November. It could have been like early November, but still, that's really late considering that we were probably starting rehearsals a couple of weeks later. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember getting the call from my agent, like, you know, they want you to do it. You're available. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything over Christmas, so why not? Book me the heck in. Yeah. And then it was like, so when are we starting? And they were like, two weeks. And I was like, okay, no worries. And how long's a rehearsal? A week. Yeah. A week of rehearsals. Mm. And then I think three or four weeks that's, run. That's, that's pretty... That's Standard. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the longest period of rehearsal I've had for a panto has been uh, 11 days. Right. And that's with a day off during that. I think for this year I'm getting... Uh, and that was just because the choreographer, the, the director wasn't available for like the first four days. Oh, like Because really? of another project that yeah. they weren't released from yet. So the choreographer just worked with us for the first four. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, what's happening? It is super quick, isn't it? It's yeah. a lot quicker than you think it is. Considering the kind of, you know, production that pe- that you end two, up putting two on. Two hour, 15 minute show usually on average. Like, yeah, and it's a know, musical. It's, it's, a it's, like, it's a musical at the end of the day. It's a big bugger. Songs, dance, costume changes, set changes, you know, it's, it's everything. It's massive. Cricket club jokes occasionally. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, you know. It's... And you do like a week or something of rehearsals. I think sort of like last year I did, I think we did just short of two weeks rehearsals. So that felt more relaxed almost. Often but it was have, a bigger... Often you have one day to tech. Yeah. And then you're in. Well, we had two, I think. Yeah, oh gosh. Because it was so massive. But it was Luxury. At the, it was at the... Luxury! With it being at the Manchester Opera House. <laughs> oh, of course, because Cinderella. Yes, was it, was, so... it was massive. It was massive, so... I mean, so. I was so miffed to not see that. Yeah. But I also, like, I, you know, I was like, I'm also working, so I'm okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of okay. Because yeah. I, I, too, was I was doing Snow White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in Lincoln. But when I heard about that, I remember the texture was like, bloody hell, well done. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It, I, I mean, <laughs> I went for the meeting um, in, like, probably it was about June, July time um, in London. And I just thought, oh, I'll just go do my best, see what so, happens. Uh, kudos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, does that make sense? Like, we're doing it in Manchester, come to London. Yeah, Wait, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go again. I, but yeah, so I went and, and I had the meeting and, you know, they asked me to sing and I did a bit of a scene. And then other than that... They said, was... calm down, we want you to read. Well, <laughs> yeah. I just ran in and was like, hello! <laughs> um, Straight out of the womb, jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of had the meeting and stuff and then when I got... Before I'd got back on the train home, mm-hmm. they'd already called my agent to offer it me. Oh, nice. So I was like, so I was like, I think I rang my mum. Celebratory Burger King. Well, yeah, I was like, I rang my mum, but like, couldn't really talk because I was on the train. So I was like, hi, um, I can't really talk, but I just wanted to let you know that they've offered it me, but I'm just getting on the train back now. So I'll see you in a couple of hours. Yeah. And she was like, oh, brilliant. Da, da. Like, really excited. My mum was absolutely thrilled. Like, for me to be the name character. Title role. Yeah. At. One of Manchester's two massive theatres. Exactly. And it's my home, isn't it? Like, I know yeah. I'm, I'm Rochdale, but Manchester is, like, is my home. It's I'm the theatre capital of the North West. Exactly. Liverpool, so, Liverpool is currently writing angry comments at me, but... <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on, guys. We're all northern. Come on, we're, we're all northern. northern. Let's be nice. We're, we're on the same team. Yeah. Um, yeah, my mum was literally thrilled. And I was, like, super excited, but also just really nervous because I just thought... I feel like there's, there's almost, like, more of an expectation of me to be amazing because it's it's going to be so big and you know like it's the, it's the disney princess effect yeah like that uh, that, that, uh, that is what you've but not but distinctly not disney if anyone legal is listening distinctly not disney <laughs> yeah but it's the same kind of vibe isn't it? You're but the same funny. sort of level of oh this is what i'm representing yeah yeah it, but it's funny because that's kind of not me like i'm just not that kind of person i kind of i do more of the comedy well, I i've do never the... seen you talking to mice i've seen well, you as a talking mouse yeah that's true 
talking to the voices in my head, but not not the mice that are in my uh, in my cellar. Um, but yeah, it was like that kind of just wasn't me. I kind of do like more of the comedy, or if I've ever played the princess before, it's always been like, you know, yeah, she's it's, a princess, it's... but she's up for a laugh. Yeah, in Panto there is there is a, there is an unfortunate archetype in a lot that use template scripts and stuff that the the the, the prince or the princess at the centre of the story can be kind of a thankless task in mm. some ways because they just sort of they make them like you you are completely just appealing to the girls who buy princess dolls and that yeah. is what your role is and, and you're, you're like, super bland oh, and... okay um, were you were you were you sort of were you blessed script wise in this one where they sort of were like no we're going to give you some more to work with here. Or, or was it a, was it an was it like improv in the rehearsal period kind of? No, it was more? really really rigid to be honest. Mm. Um, which is fine. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily it, an issue. It, it's a function, but it's just a bit of a shame when it is, when, when you've got when other you've things got in your stuff. arsenal. You're like totally. But it was because Les Dennis was in it, and then also Ben Nicholas who was playing buttons. Yeah, they had put a lot of their own material into the scripts as well. Mm. So it was like there wasn't any more room for funny. Yeah, that can happen. There's that, that's why sort of in traditional structure there's one comic and one dame you've got two that that, yeah. that Maya that that, that Maya uh, that manage that tone yeah and and then the rest can flow but obviously some pantos that put in a lot of comics or, or or the villain will take on a comic sensibility yeah or the dame will sort of have the same level of yeah so that's it, it, it you then have to sort of balance it so yeah. it become it becomes a it becomes a duty really totally yeah. and I think it was a little bit disheartening in the sense that I thought but I am like I am the princess, but also a bit cheeky, can have a bit of banter, you know, there's there's more for me to give in this role. Yeah, than than sort of is the leeway is then, allowing. Then just waiting for the prince to turn up. But mm. essentially, sometimes I think you have to remember that is what she's for. That is what the princess is about. That is what the, the prince is about. The, the traditional core is is one thing. And somebody's gotta drive the story. If everybody's cracking jokes left, right and centre, then you don't have a story. You've got a comedy show. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's it's just it's just variety. It's a variety, at the, at yeah. The Palladium, you know. Exactly. So I think, and and just with like Les and and Connor doing all of their comedy, and then Nick, uh, Nick Ben Nicholas bringing all of his comedy into it. Oh, Benny N. Oh, Benny N. <laughs> Neddy B. Whatever. Um, him him doing all of his own sketches because he yeah. does his own variety show as well. So he had all of his own material anyway. Incorporate in. Yeah. yeah, that he writes in. So he has all of his own sketches. Like he had like a, a bit about Ed Sheeran. He had an Ed Sheeran bit. He had a the record a record bit. He had. Um, mm, yeah. I'm there was lo- there was them, yeah. loads. So kind of the only comedy I got to get involved with was the wall. Yes, I've seen photos of that. So, like, that obviously popped beyond the show because I can picture that. Yeah. The two of you sat on the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they did, they, well, they did um, press shots for it. Ah, right. And I, think, there we go. So, I think there were a couple of shots of, like, me and Gareth on the wall um, and Ben, like, sticking his head through the wall underneath, through my legs. Um, if you can picture that. <laughs> uh, so, which Jasmine. kind of made it, to, <laughs> made it to the press shots. But, yeah, so it was kind of, I enjoyed those moments. Mm. But then at the end of the day, you've got to remember, like, yeah, the prince and the princess drive the story. They do the straight talking stuff. But it's me in the carriage that sends the kids away being like, oh, I want to be Cinderella. Yeah. So, you know, you do get you do get those really like amazing, amazing moments. I'm slightly biased, though, because I because I I, um, uh, under pseudonym, I wrote a panto I was in last year. Yeah. Um, And in that one, I was like, Snow White doesn't have much agency. 
I'm going to give Snow White some agency. Yeah. And I just like, <laughs> yeah. and, and so much of it stayed in the version that ended up on stage. I was like, yes, yeah. get in. I just think it's, um, it's nice. It's more modern. I almost feel different. like having a... Having... And now was Snow White proposed to... Do you have a love interest? She oh, proposed, really? She proposed. And the relationship was teased throughout that it was like, you two should totally be a thing. Why are you not a thing? Yeah. It's like, come on, just ask. It never happened. So when the love's, true love's kiss kind of happens, it doesn't feel as like... Are you kissing that corpse? <laughs> yeah. Are you kissing a corpse? What's that happening? So She's not. She doesn't want to be kissed. No, like, she doesn't. We've kind of said it, and then she proposes, which is nice. I do just think it's like it's more modern to be that way because I think it's sort of. Well, it's really old fashioned to have like the princess like the I'm just going to sit archetype. around here and wait for the prince to come and save me. <laughs> and my life is a mess without a man. Like I just hate it. <laughs> the, the, it's just not there's life. something to be said for the archetype and the structure of the old stories and why they've endured for for centuries. Of course, but like, come on, like things are about ad- adapt. Ad- Let's have a bit of girl power. Let's and... take me back to the nineties. Yeah, let's get the Spice Girls involved. <laughs> yeah, do you know what you need to do? I think you need to play a villain, panto villain. I do, but I don't think I'm old enough. I'm too well, princessy. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm, I don't know. See, I could see, I could see you giving a sheriff of Nottingham, for example. Mm. I could see you giving a sheriff of Nottingham because the sheriff of Nottingham is sort of like the certain complexes and frustrations. So the fact that you are quite petite and stuff, you could play into that. You yeah. could obviously could be facing off against a Robin who's probably taller than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just sort of little kind of things like that. I would love that. Also, the sheriff is female, something that needs to just start happening. I think that's a good. Yeah. I think that's a good shift. Anyway, hundred percent. Robin Hood is a sausage. Yeah. <laughs> As we're saying, come see me in Robin Hood. This yeah. <laughs> if you like sausage. If you like sausage and you like festivals. Um, do you know what else people like? Questions. I've uh, got some questions from the lovely patrons. If you're not a patron yet, details at the beginning, you, you heard them. But um, Is the first question, is your pet Shannon or Yen? Right. Because so, if it isn't, I'll be disgusted. So, Aoife, hello Aoife. Aoife says, what was your favourite segment in the CBBC office? Mine was... Is your, your pet, pet a Shannon or a Just something about seeing if animals look like you or Chris. Do you know what? <laughs> the first time we did, is your pet a Shannon or a Yen? Dreams came true that day. I honestly had the best time. So for me, to answer that question, it would be a tie between is your pet a Shannon or a Yen? Because it was so ludicrous that we so would stupid. get kids to send in pictures of their pets and then me and you would do an impression of the pet, but with no props or anything. Oh. It would just be a, a close-up oh. of our faces. It's on the screen. It's pulling some sort of pose, yeah, and then being maybe, like, maybe oh. Maybe handed an ear or something at one point, like a little pair of ears or something last I second. don't even think we had that. I genuinely, <laughs> what it literally was just like me and you pulling away at face you know and then being is? like, definitely me. Acting. Acting, darling. Acting, darling. Acting. Acting of a storm. So I would it say... It weird, that one. I remember just reading that script that day. We were just like, what the, what how the hell is this going to work? And, and it, was, it was sort of like a... It was because we had to tie into something like pet school or something. So they're yeah, like, let's we'll do, do we'll do this. It was like, this is stupid. And then we had so much fun. Just we did. Sort of absorbing how mental it was that we went... Okay, can we put that in a can we put that in like a save for later thing? And I think we did it at least three more times. I think we yeah, we did. <laughs> Even on days that had nothing to do with a we pet did. show. I think we did it twice and then we also <laughs> did a little segment of it on our last chat on Saturday that was we did one. a little bit yeah. of like like reprised it for the final day. They brought it back. So I would say either as you pet Shannon or Yen, or I also loved I like, had one of the best days ever when me and Katie did a games day. It was literally, we were like, oh, what me and Katie doing this afternoon? And I think it might have been Andy P. And he was like, um, oh, we're just going to get kids to send in their ideas of get games that you can play. And you and Katie are going to play games all afternoon. And I was like, 
this is my, I'm getting paid for this. This is how I'm earning my like money for today. Yeah, and it, we had the best time. That was when Push the Tonju was invented. Push the Tonju. Which is just hilarious. That like, doesn't make any sense. Harry Tonju. <laughs> we just, me and Katie would just move Harry Tonju across the desk. Who, basically, Harry Tonju, if you don't know who Harry Tonju is, which I feel like if you're watching this or listening to this even, you probably do know who he is. If you're watching this, get out of the room, please. <laughs> if you're watching this. Can we have some privacy, please? Um, basically, it's a polystyrene cup turned upside down with a face on it. And he was called Harry Tonju, which I think was one of Phil's brainchilds, wasn't it? Because it he, he had a little tie that looked like a tongue. Yeah. So it was Harry Tong, but Phil does not like pronouncing words the way no. they're meant to be pronounced. Harry Tonju. Yeah. There he is. It was amazing. He's a happy little chap. And we just pushed him around the desk and then one of us would go, hey, and then we'd just like, we'd won. It was like nobody had won, but one of us would say we'd won. And then the other one would be like, oh, really gutted about it. Or we did Granny's Pants. We all won. Granny's Pants? Yeah, where it was like me and Katie going, Granny's Pants. Granny's Pants. Granny's pants. And then Katie'd stand up and she'd be wearing Granny's pants and she'd be like, no, Granny's pants. Ah. And then I'd go, oh, that's embarrassing. That's, sit, sit down, Katie. It's disgusting. Yeah. They even wash them. Yeah. And then it would be like, so anyway, send me <laughs> games. It was just, honestly, we had the best time. And I think at the end of that, me and Katie were just like, God, how did we get so lucky to just be able to play games all afternoon? Like, I, well, I would have paid them to let me do that. Well, sometimes the games result in a bit of uh, a bit more investment in your physical person. Usually, not actually with any forewarning. Uh, Chris has asked about for some reason. I know I, you'll you'll remember this more than I do because yeah. you were in it. There was an incident on Blue Peter, which was a vote to be gunged for. Was it Children in Need? Yes, it was for Children in As Need between you, Katie, and Radzi. Yeah, is that right. Yeah. So, like stuff like that is odd enough that what they're asking about is like how the hell do you prepare for something like that how do you brace yourself for something like that how does it make you feel because i i don't i think i was gunged once in my entirety right. at cbbc by katie i think i think she oh, pulled it over my head while yeah. i was in the paddling pool that was about it mm. but like i will never to this day i appreciate the art that there are certain things certain old jokes mm-hmm. that have survived the test of time for a reason i appreciate the art of a good fart joke yeah. If it's executed well, Absolutely. that stuff is really funny. A Tommy Squeaker. A little, to- <laughs> a little Tommy Squeaker. I love a Tommy Squeaker. I appreciate the I appreciate the art of a pie of the face. Yeah. I appreciate Gunge having his place. But as somebody who I know you definitely got this as much as I did, and mm. maybe more so just because of like stuff with download and Danny's Castle. Yeah. How do you feel as a presenter when you're having to keep it together? But ultimately, you're having to do your job whilst getting caked in like goo or hit in the face. I know. With I'm just foam thinking. On a plate. Did I ever get gunged? I don't think I did. I don't. Ha- I don't have a, a memory of it unless I've literally. It was so traumatic that I blocked it out. Did I you don't do, know. Blue Peter did a world record thing once where people like the amount of people gunged pa- in a certain wasn't time. Wasn't it pies that? Oh no, we did that one. Yeah, we did the pies. Yeah, so, ne- so you didn't do the gunge never one. Never did the gunge one. The pies Phew. one was horrendous because I had a link I after that. that. I was doing cover that afternoon. Yeah. And it's always <laughs> uh, shaving cream, isn't it? And it's like, it burns the eyes. Burns the eyes, but better than actual cream. Yeah, because that, that stinks. stinks. Gross. Absolutely stinks. But yeah, it was. I've been pied <laughs> several times on CBBC and in real life. Shout, oh, out, to my, shout out to my ex boyfriend. No, I'm joking. Um, 
I'm only joking. Um, but I have been, I've been pied loads of times, cream pies. Our, our last link, we did it through shaving foam, if I remember correctly. The last shout Saturday link. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we did. And I was fuming about that because my makeup looked really nice when we were going out afterwards. I was like, oh, I have to get it redone. Cheers, team. Well um, done. But yeah, pied loads of times. Got pied when we did the Christmas, when we could, did like the Christmas party, when we were all in the office, Sam and Mark were there. Yeah, yeah. And everything. So and got pied and then. And... Pied at the pantos. They were funny. They, oh. they were odd. Hackers, hackers, um, as Hackerella, Hacker as yes. Hackerella was the funniest day of my life to date. Can I just, I just want to say, I just feel like I want to say thanks to CWC for letting me be involved in that because, honest to God, I've never laughed so much. I was hysterical that day. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember exactly. You and Dodge were the me ugly and Dodge sisters. Dodge were the ugly sisters. That's the one. And like me, because I, I damed up so much for Prez links around yeah. Christmas time that they all blended into one. But yeah, that's right, isn't it? And Hacker was Hackerella. Dodge's wig just about came up to my shoulder. Yeah. It was that massive. Yeah. yeah. And Sam was the prince. Yeah. I don't think Mark was there for some no, reason. No, it, it was just it was just, it was Sam. just Sam. Mark was in Panto. Mark, oh right, Mark was so doing Panto. He was off doing Panto. And then Katie was the narrator, which just makes sense because with Ed the Duck. Yeah, with Ed the Duck. Christina Brown came in to do Ed the Duck yeah. for it. Yeah. And then. Gosh. And then obviously, like all the bit, all the bit parts went to like me, Karim, Laura, and we were like crowds, random crowds, people, and we were just like clapping, cheering. We had like really rubbish, like crowd noises, crowd (laughs) noises. Yeah, and we were just like, and we just had loads of really random lines. But genuinely, that day, I have never laughed so much. I like, I would, I watch that back on YouTube sometimes just for the memories because I'm like, it was hilarious. Bloody strange. It was strange. It's an odd job to do. Um, speaking of odd jobs to do, Rainbow Sky says, did you ever get a choice in the segment you presented for Friday Download or were you just assigned to which one you were going to do? I think they kind of spoke to us about what our interests were. But when I joined the show, it was kind of everything was already, you know, everything had already been given away, if that makes sense. Like everybody yeah. had their own segment. Um, so it was like I came in and then they kind of said to me about doing movies. <laughs> Sorry, my cat is trying to... Like, I think steal things from your bag. It's all right. There's nothing of worth in there. You can have it. <laughs> You've had the sandwich. Yeah, I've had the sandwich. Um, yeah, so all the segments had already been kind of given out to, mm. to everybody. Um, and they kind of said, you know, what's your interest? Like, but Dion was doing music. Aiden obviously did dance. That was his thing. Um, imagine, and if, I was... imagine if they cast Aiden and then said, like, right, you're doing gardening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but then what? it's like, what else is interesting to kids? So it's like we had kind of style, but then the style download became the VTs. Mm. Uh, and then when George started, he had magic. So he was doing like tricks and stuff. Mm. We used to do VTs with him. Um, so it's kind of like I was maybe a bit like, what can we give Shannon? And in the end, I was given movie download because mm. I am interested in TV and film. And it's like, oh, she's an actress. So, you know, we'll give her that. So me and mum watching this horror film last night, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called Jason Takes Manhattan. It's the sixth film of the Friday the 13th franchise. But what um, I will say, it though. It might have been the sixth. I don't know. <laughs> no, I've never no I've watched idea. a lot of films, but I've never watched the Friday the 13th. Movie, no, I haven't. The first one. I haven't. And he's not even in it until the very end. Is he not? No. Anyway. Spoiler I, so, alert. I was... <laughs> I was given movie download, but it, that Kel had already been doing movie download, mm-hmm. right? So you had to fight to the death. Well, no, basically it was a bit of a weird one. It, this was like I didn't want to step on anybody's toes and kind of take movie download from him. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I was given movie download in inverted commas, yeah. and he for was given he was yeah because I'm doing it, but <laughs> just you know it's not great for the audio, is it? Um, like I was given movie download, but not really, and he mm. was given all of the celebrity interviews for oh, movie downloads. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. 
So it was like, Shannon's got movie download, but she's got the really crappy bits of movie download. <laughs> so Shannon's going to do three so, hours of VO for it. You guys are going to be combined, but you're going to do the bit where you go and talk to The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like, Kel took over the forfeit one, which I think, I can't remember what it was called, Face Off. Yeah. He took over Face Off from Danny, because Danny was only in it for one series, and then he left. So Kel, that was Kel's bit to present. He was in charge of Face Off, so he led it. So it was like, you know, Kel introduces it, talks you through the game, uh, says who's going to play, that kind of thing, talks you through the forfeits. That was his bit. Um, and mine was movie download, but I only did VO for it. Yeah. So it would be like, right, come on, we're going to go and let you to do movie download now that I've started. They would give me three pages of VO, which I'd do, and it'd be like... So, coming up in the cinemas this week, the brand new film, Toy Story. Now, this is for the older kids, if you're listening. Or, like, it's all, you know, it's kind of talking about like that, and he talks about the plot. And then you can catch it in the cinemas from the 28th of October to the 30th of November. Like, literally, that was my VO. Yeah. Boring. And it was a boring segment of the show. And then Kel would get to do all the best bits of movie download. But I just, like, didn't want to step on anybody's toes and be like, well, I, if I'm doing, I, I, I kind of feel like I wish I'd have said now to everybody at Friday Download, like I wish I'd have said to Jeremy and stuff, you know, can I get let Kel have it and can, let him do all of it and can yeah. I just have something else that's like my own? Can I do something? Anything. I can, I can play a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I just need two of the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> can I have the witch download? That the, 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 the kids are absolutely demanding for. But yeah, so it was kind of like, I didn't, I don't know, it was a bit of a weird one. I think I got to do like one junket, I got to do like one interview. Oh, who did you get to speak to? Can you recall? Ariana Grande. Oh, okay. Was, you know. Yeah. It's going to be one and done for the show. It's like, that's pretty cool, I suppose. Yeah. So did, did you grab her top knot? Uh, no, this was before the top knot days. Oh, so this is, um, oh God, what was Cat, the show she Salmon was Cat. in? Salmon Cat. that's it. That's yeah. with Jeanette McCurdy. That's the one. I didn't, I didn't study the competition too much in those days. I had no. to focus on what we were showing. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's um, what... Um, I'm down with the kids. We rec- of we 2009, did... <laughs> apparently. Yeah, it was literally ages ago. <laughs> uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of ages ago, I hope you remember this, because if not, this is a really deep pull. Oh, wow. A-Town Dev says, question for Shannon. Why did you make... Oh, I think I've pulled something. Your catchphrase on CBBC. <laughs> I think I've pulled something. When I read that, I was, was like... Was this my catchphrase? When I read that, I was like... Was that a thing? But then I remembered. I'm sure I've heard. I'm sure I heard you say that a couple of times. Where you were like, "Oh, I pulled some." It must have literally just been your go-to. Like, yeah, I think oh, bloody it hell, was what was my, that moment? Yeah, I think it was my go-to. I don't ever remember <laughs> you really can't swear. Really, can you? If you're having a reset, yeah. so <laughs> I remember. I never remember really trying to push. Oh, I've pulled. Think I pulled something as like my <laughs> thing, like getting it hashtagging. I never did that. I think it must have been. They used to have me doing like so much ridiculous stuff. Like I remember doing. There's quite a lot of weird videos of me online, like that people have put up of like me doing the splits or stuff. That was like, you know, gaggy stuff on CBBC, yeah. like jokes and things. And there was bits that I think these must have made me do like the fake split, the fake splits, and then rip your trousers kind of thing. Yeah. Or like me doing a bit of a weird dance move or something, then going, oh, I think I pulled something. And whether yeah. it was written in for me or whether that's what I just always used to go to, I don't know. But I genuinely don't remember ever trying to make it my catchphrase. But grill. if it is. I'm bringing it back. We're gonna to have to grill some of the researchers from that period and be like, "Did you, did you guys write this in yeah. often on purpose? Was it a thing, or was oh. I just obsessed with? Oh, I think I pulled something. Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Get it on a t-shirt, be fine. Yeah, shorthand. I'm TMing it. Chewy Mort. My question is: If you could have been on the telly in any other era of kids' TV, so not the era you're in, sorry, which era might you have liked to have been in, and what would you like to have worked on? Wow. 
I, sp- I, sp- I suppose your point of reference really is either just stuff you've heard about or the stuff you grew up with. Really. It's probably, the, yeah, be the stuff I grew up with. So, one of my favourite programmes, and I've actually worked with Dave now, Dave Benson Phillips, yeah. um, was Get Your Own Back. Hey. I used to love. He's, Get a big, your own he's, a, he's a big favourite on the uh, on the Discord. Yeah, <laughs> on the, the yeah, Discord. yeah, yeah. The, I mean, but he's a legend, isn't he? He's, he's a CBBC legend. Um, so get your own back. I would have loved to have been on. Um, I loved kind of fifty fifty. Um, what else was I going to say? Another show that I really that I really liked. I'm kind of. I used to love Dick and Tommy the Bungalow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, gold standard. Yeah, like that was, me the, one, that was the one gold standard we weren't in. Yeah, that was the <laughs> me one gold and my mum we used to watch that every. <laughs> Like, I think it was on a Saturday morning, it must have been. Uh, uh, Saturdays and Sundays. Was it? Yeah. yeah. We used to, me and mum used to watch it and absolutely cry laughing. And I think so I nearly good. went, I think my friend nearly applied to go on it and we were going to go on it. And then when I watched it back, I've watched clips of it back and I'm like, what is even happening? How did they get away with this? I watched it, I watched one actually on Twitter the other day, um, a, a clip from Dick and Dom in a bungalow. Is it, is it that uh, bungalow clips account? No, I think it was just, oh, like is putting there? stuff out right. now, yeah. Maybe they, it was that they, then. They've been streaming it live on YouTube yeah. on Saturday and Sundays at the broadcast time. No so that way. people are like live commenting yeah. along with oh, it. Oh, that's hilarious. It's amazing. But yeah, Fans, like, man, they're, they're the reason half this stuff still exists because so they archive true. it. It's nuts. Yeah, them doing really weird stuff and like, um, Harry Bate, was he called Harry Bate? Oh, Harry Bat. Harry Bat. Proper Geordie Copper. Loved. Nearby I loved that that bit of the show, that segment, I used to love it. Honestly, I live for that. So like, I would have been, I would like to have been Harry Bat's wife. Like, Mrs. Bat. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Bat. Mrs. Bat. You have to practice your, your strong Geordie tones. I would. Yeah, I'd have to do some else. Can't do accents. Just, just, just watch, just watch a bunch of um, Cheryl Cole interviews and then affect it. Yeah, fine. just get it, get it from that. Figure it out. It's not offensive. Sarah Millican, you know. Um, <laughs> Little Penguin, if you could have written an episode of a show that you introduced, what show would it be? Are you interested in writing? No, do you know what? I'm not. I've never been into that kind of side of it. I've always thought, you know, if I was going to do it, I'd I'd love to be able to, and I've never really tried. Maybe I could if I if I gave it a go. But it, I've always it is, been it more... is sort of a discipline in a way. Yeah. I I I I I write professionally or occasionally for certain things, and I have to like fight myself yeah. to make sure it happens. Sometimes I think I'm not would... funny enough. See, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> I wouldn't like, worry about that at all. How do I even all. write anything funny? Well, it depends on what you want to write, though. Maybe you write something against against the grain. Yeah. Put pen to paper on something that you wouldn't normally, like, tackle. Maybe. I've never had the urge. Oh. <laughs> oh. Keep a, pen, keep a pad by the bed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, no, I just never thought about it. Scroll away. I think it's great. But I just think there's loads of people that do it better. I think I'm supposed to be in front of the camera. You're you're there to you're there to bring the story to life. Yeah. You are the flesh on the bone. Yes. Of the chicken drumstick that is acting. Yeah, acting. Absolutely <laughs> weird. Uh, got a couple more. Uh, this one is from Sophie McCoy. Ah. Who says for Shannon? First off, hello, stranger. Hello. Now, in the sliding doors film of your life, where you hadn't become an actor, what would you have done as a career? So, had you not at age eight started like telling people that you're not supposed to buy Call of Duty <laughs> yeah. and everything. Like, had you not gone that path from a young age, do you think you would have been running McDonald's in the UK by now? No, do you know what I think I would have gone into? Portfile. Which is kind of what I am doing at the same time. Um, I'm really interested in sort of like how the mind works. Like I, I, when I was at college, I was only at, I was at college for a couple of months and I ended up having to leave because I was doing Danny's Castle and it was just too... It was too much to juggle. Yeah, yeah. and... 
at college they're a bit less supportive in the sense that they don't you know it's like it's on you to get the grades like it's, at it's, school it's, that, they it's free get... education but they don't want to have to deal with the paperwork of yeah. taking you in and out and exactly and, and they're yeah. not gonna they're not gonna like they're not put loads of effort into putting you some work aside so you can catch up it was kind of like if you're not here it's on you yeah so it all just it was a bit too much and basically they made me they made me drop dance and drama as my options mm. because a lot of that is practical work and obviously if it's group work I'm letting the group down which I FMPs totally do understand and, yeah. yeah so it was like well if I'm going to college and I'm not doing two of the things that I really want to do that I want to pursue as a career then why am I going to college and it was too it was too much couldn't keep up with it so anyway I dropped out but I did do uh, film studies and psychology as my other options mm-hmm. and I loved psychology I was fascinated by it like I would still go back now and I'd love to do psychology as a degree mm. um so I think I've always had an interest in the mind and how people work what makes us tick yeah so if I'd have not gone down the acting route and I'd gone to college I think I probably would have done a psychology degree and gone into something like that but what I'm actually doing at the minute as well is I am training to be a counsellor on the side of my acting yeah. um, as kind of like a bit of a backup, bit more, a bit of a stability kind of thing that you kind of don't get from this industry, um, which is basically psychology, but in a different sense. It's more about the therapy side of things as yeah. opposed to... It's being an ear. Yes, yes, totally. And I think I'm that kind of person anyway. I think people end up gravitating towards me, you know, for advice or to talk to me because I think I, I kind of, maybe I look like I've got it together. I haven't, but they think I have. <laughs> It's the um, human experience, guys. Yeah, and Give I, everyone time. Give everyone I'm, time. I'm a very empathic and sensitive person. I always have been. And I just think that really lends itself well to that kind of profession. So mm. and also I think the there's two sides to the counselling thing. I think the counselling really helps me with presenting because it gives me a different angle of it's a bit like journalism in a sense, because you're really listening to somebody, you're really taking in what they're saying. Yeah. There's it gives you more ideas on how to take the conversation further, how to ask an inquisitive question, mm-hmm. how to develop a deeper session with somebody, as opposed to before, you know, if I was interviewing somebody, I might be like, so when did you start that? Whereas now I'd be really listening to what they're saying and it, it would it would aid me mm-hmm. in developing the interview, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it gives me, it's another string to my bow, it gives me another angle with the presenting and also this industry is so difficult for mental health, mm-hmm. so difficult that I'm like, I want to counsel people in the industry because I know the struggles, I know the difficulties, I know what we go through as performers. Mm-hmm. So I ha- I get it, do you know? So it's like, it's yeah. speaking to somebody that understands, but also I'm trained. You've been very vocal about it on Twitter as well, which I, I think a lot of people appreciate. Like, yeah. really do, the idea that like, you know, hey, this this industry is not a cut and dry It's not experience for everyone. For about 98% of people who are performers, this is not like a simple A leads to B. It is not, not like at all. That. And I think your day to day is not a certain thing. No. And, and and that's okay. Exactly. And the reason yeah. I want to break that stigma is because I think I was fed that as well, that it was mm. like, oh God, everybody looks like they're doing so well and they're working all the time and everything's brilliant. Mm. Why is that not happening for me? Am I just really rubbish? Like, do people not like me? Am I not, you know, no. why that. am I not doing as well as they are? But actually it's such a lie and social media is a massive issue with that obviously because that feeds into that whole fake life where you just see somebody doing really well and you're like but I'm not that's not me so what am I doing wrong why am I not a pair of hot dogs on a sun lounger (laughs) every week what's (laughs) going on yeah why is my life not so perfect but nobody's life is perfect and I just think there's so much pressure particularly on this industry that like if you're not working 
God, well, you must be rubbish. Why are you not working? Mm. But everybody that I have worked with that's been honest, that's a genuine person, I've worked with a lot of fake people as well that wouldn't tell you that and wouldn't be totally honest about it. But the majority of, and particularly sort of people that do, you know, West End productions in London, like proper top dollar performers, like they're amazing. They've got normal jobs in between acting jobs because that's life. So I just feel like I want to let people know that, yeah, when I'm not working in between acting jobs, I'm probably doing a normal job because I've got to, I've got to pay the bills. But it doesn't mean that I've failed. And it doesn't mean that you failed if you're not doing it. So I feel like we need, we need to break the stigma. We need more transparency in this industry. And we need counsellors for performers because mm. it's the, rege- the amount of rejection that you deal with as an actor or, or a dancer or a singer or just a general a, performer a, in this industry. A, a known personality. Totally. Look at the whole, the, without going too in-depth, the whole thing off the back of Love Island and everything. Exactly. Yeah. All of that, the amount of rejection that you deal with and sort of, and even, not even the rejection from not from not getting a job, but like the online trolling and everything. <laughs> there's loads. And I just feel like if I can offer somebody an ear, like you said to speak to me and I get it I can totally be in their frame of reference because I understand I've been there I've felt it myself I can empathise then that to me is great and I think that everybody needs that so to answer your question stuff uh, a counsellor she's all, she's also doing it <laughs> she's doing it and doing it yeah um, that is I mean okay I kind of want to end there because it's just like a brilliant yeah point. it feels right like it doesn't it well, do you have one more question okay one more from Chris Wood he's a good egg though he's a oh, good egg he's a good egg question is have you murdered any no um <laughs> please tell us about your favorite moment when live tv went a bit wrong off script or awry and you couldn't speak for laughing oh god loads <laughs> of times i couldn't even think of a one specific one because i genuinely like when i say you know it has its highs and lows obviously with every job but i can genuinely say that i had the best time on cbbc it's every day i was laughing i laughed on that job more than i've probably ever laughed in my entire life just like, a big old circus. Right? Just be, like, and I adore you, you know I do, and I just think you're so talented not to like blow, blow smoke up your ass. No, please do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you are, and you're hilarious. And I mean, you can talk for England and you drive me insane at the same time, but you you just know, like, there's just something about you. And every time that I would work with you, or Phil, Warwick, Katie, Karim, Kel, like, I would have such a laugh. And you just don't get that with other jobs. But I will say, like, probably Sir Johnson Pellets, Rancid Frank, that you reminded me of that I completely forgot about, when Mark Barton did Roy, just dancing Roy, <laughs> like just a Roy head. Like, I used to die laughing at that. When me and Katie did Games Day, when we did Hackerella, like, there's millions of your stuff. You would, you'd struggle to find a day that I didn't enjoy. Aww. Genuinely. And it's not just the content, but it's the people, like... Uh, it's like a proper family, it really is. Well, I've enjoyed sitting down with you, by Jove. <laughs> oh, by Jove. And I'll be honest, the main thing I'm taking away from from the last five minutes is I think you should do a podcast. Do you I think? Honestly, I think you should. I think I think you should. I think you should do one about uh, the industry and 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 the, you know the 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 being an ear. Call it the ear. The ear. Actors ear. Actors ear. Yeah. Do you know what? Maybe ear ear. Maybe that's what that's what people need. I don't know, but then it's like it's quite personal, isn't it? So yeah, I think it it wouldn't be as hilarious as this one. It would be <laughs> maybe a bit heavy, but maybe well, maybe people need to hear the ear. Yeah. Mm. 
we'll work on the slogan. We will, we will. Um, for the folks at home that know where they can follow your doings and your wares and keep up to date with your stuff on the old public forums. Yes, on my Twitter, uh, Shannon Flynn 22 and my Instagram, really, if you just want to see me post, like, funny selfies. <laughs> no, I don't really post anything work-wise on my Instagram. Um, but Twitter, I keep up to date with that. And I'm not on Facebook... I'm not on a on a public Facebook, so please don't try and follow me on there because it's because it ain't you. It ain't me. It ain't me, Huns. It's 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 the horror movie version. That's of not you. me. Is that a song? That, that ain't me. That's not. What me. is that? That's not. Oh, my that's name. not me. I don't know. Uh, that's not me. Anyway, you know the songs. The kids know. <laughs> I'm not down with the kids anymore. <laughs> Should we end it there? Yeah, I think I think we have to for legal reasons. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Out of the Broom Club was hosted by Christopher Yonko Johnson and starred guest Shannon Flynn. The episode was produced by Chris Johnson and Matt Watson. The theme music is Break Time by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. For details on how you can support the show and benefit from a bunch of perks by becoming a patron, head to patreon.com slash OOTBC. We'll see you next month with special guest Ian Sterling. A smooth taste, golden, fluffy texture, so Moorish, so light, so decadent. None of these things describe the weekly pop culture podcast, The Big Damn Cast, in which two friends discuss nerdy news, geeky gossip, and so much more. The Big Damn Cast, available every Thursday on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. It's free, and nothing tastes better than something that's free. Mmm.